This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's our Lifestyle Podcast episode, can't even believe it, 318, coming at you from the Custom Car Show Productions facility here in the Tampa Bay area. Big ups to Custom Car Show Productions, their flagship event every June, the 21st annual next year in June, Scraping the Coast. If you go to scrapingthecoast.com, S-C-R-A-P-I-N, scrapingthecoast.com. Uh, you'll get a chance to find out more information. It's June 23rd through the 25th, and it's about 198 days for those scoring at home uh, from the date of the recording of this episode. So uh, certainly appreciate all of their support. Their next event, of course, is Orange Beach Invasion. We'll be in Orange Beach, Alabama late March next year celebrating our spring break, and uh, that's in conjunction with Keg Media, but come on out to one of those next two events. Tip of the cap to CCSP, that's Custom Car Show Productions. Dude, so episode 318, I said this last episode and I said to myself, damn, that is not keeping it short. I remember uh, talking (laughs) to Adam from Acro and uh, Adam Tarbox and he he goes, yo, man, one of those episodes, man, you're like, man, I'm going to have a quick update. And it was like 40 minutes later and I was like, damn, you're right, homie. Uh, so this episode is a jam-packed one. I'm going to try to keep my segment short. I've got my talking points here, and I'm going to try to get through them quick without talking too fast. Biggity Mike the Mayor is out gallivanting. Guess what, though? It's okay. It's the holiday season, and he's at a holiday party. Christmas party is what I call it, damn it. A Christmas party, and... He goes, yo, yo, ODB, you know, we, you know, we gotta, we gotta move the date this week. I said, no, dog, you don't get to 200 plus episodes straight every single Friday by deviating and gallivanting off path. You got to stay the course, homie. So I said, I'm going to knock it out. But on this episode, I am going to link up. So last week I wanted to, this week I'm going to link up with Brooke. So we'll talk to her kind of a shorter segment just to kind of link up. Uh, Brooke Hoover from Relaxed Atmosphere Florida. She's got a couple of updates. I wanted to hear, wanted you guys to hear it from her. So thanks to her for coming on. And then, listen, this episode, uh, you may not know this name. Charles Wickham, okay? This dude was in the right places at the right time, and he has a ton of stories. His audio will be our title guest. So I know, again, you're scratching your head going, listen, I may not know this name. Totally get it. Okay, but if you're a mini trucker or you like the 90s or, you know, you enjoy everything that we talk about, okay, I know you're looking at your phone going, dude, this is a long episode. Yeah, the the interview is probably on one of our longer uh, interviews, but it's one of my favorite top 10, maybe even top five all time. And I mean that there's a lot of good stuff in it. So stick with us. Listen till the end. If you're on YouTube, keep listening. Uh, keep playing. Uh, we're getting closer and closer every day. 
I'm hoping by the end of Q1 next year, so like kind of March 31st, we can maybe be monetizing on YouTube, which will be great. I've got some more things in store that I've kind of been working on to align for YouTube, so stick with us there. If you're listening to a podcast app uh, and that app allows you to leave a rating, leave a five-star rating. I know Spotify does and, uh, of course, Podbean I think does, but Apple Podcasts is the big one. That's the big platform. Please, uh, I know a lot of people always go, yo, where do you leave the rating? So if you're on the Apple Podcasts app, you have to go back to your main podcast screen on the bottom, tap library, find OLP, tap on it, and scroll down a couple of flicks with your finger, and you're going to see ratings and review. If you tap that five star right there, that's all we need you to do. We're over 278. Now, I do believe, you know what, I just thought of this. I haven't read any of those reviews, so maybe I'll try to do that, any of the recent reviews, because I see one right here from November 1st. So uh, I will, I'll read some of those today. That's what we've got in store for this episode. I want to thank Hammered Weekend Wear. It is the holidays, folks, and H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. You can go out there and pick up some fresh gear for your significant other or your main squeeze or whatever you got going down, hammeredweekendwear.com. Also, when you go to products, they have Christmas cards. They also have subscriptions. They're the only brand that we know of in the automotive scene that offers a t-shirt, hoodie, or banner subscription. Okay, you can pick the color and you'll get every design for the entire 2023 calendar year. These guys literally have two to four in the works, in flight, so to speak, every single time in terms of artwork. H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com, hit them up, buy some merch. Okay, last episode recap. Uh, dude, the last episode was a lot of fun and um, I'm super um, thankful that Steve Butts came on. So many of you gave great feedback, you know, old school mini trucker and also, you know, a ne- long time negative camber member. He also was kind of in the right place at the right time, you know, meeting these guys early on. So listen, I'll sum it up and say this. If, you, if you're if you new here and you've come here because of Charles Wickham, uh, Charles C., uh, please go back and, and don't stop here. Make sure you hit follow. Make sure you hit subscribe to this podcast and let it roll to the next one and listen, and, and you guys will appreciate it. I know you will. Last episode recap brought to you by, where are we going to be next February, everyone? Any, any guess? Well, Lone Star Throwdown. LoneStarThrowdown.com to be ex- specific. Uh, go out there. We've got less than 80 days till this event in Conroe, the 24th, 25th, 26th of February. We'll be out there uh, again. Registration has sold out, but you can come out. It's arguably the biggest, baddest truck show. And when I say truck show, I don't mean like monster trucks. I mean the trucks from the scene that we love. You know, mini trucks, full-size trucks, classic trucks, bagged, bodied, lifted. They've got a good mix. Lone Star Throwdown. We'll see you out there. Okay, uh, the general updates, and man, what do I have generally to share? It's the holiday season. I'm trying to kind of keep things light, and uh, I've got some good news coming. I don't want to share it yet, potentially, on my 64 Lincoln Smugglers Blues. If you like Lincolns, or maybe you want to one day own one, or you just like hearing me talk, 
Check out Lincoln Attic Podcast and also the Lincoln Attic YouTube channel. I have been splitting my time between OLP videos and Lincoln Attic. Sometimes I, I go, why do I do this? But I do it because I love it. So more to come on the 6FO, Lincoln. Hopefully a couple updates here in the next few weeks. But again, check out um, the Lincoln Attic Podcast. And last weekend I volunteered. Technically, that's what it was. I didn't feel like I was volunteering, so I guess that's a good thing. At a local, what they call, Gasparilla Concourse show. It was a lot of fun. Got a chance to meet a lot of great people. The money goes for a good cause. It's a true charity. And I always reinforce this to to people. Nonprofit organizations, the most important thing for them is to raise funds for good causes. Okay? I'm a firm believer of let's make nonprofit organizations nonprofit again. These folks out there, they had tons of folks that donated their time, their energy, and it was great to see. And we get a chance to see where these funds go. It goes to help kids and just different organizations. And that's what's most important. So I know years ago, uh, a local guy I listened to on the radio, um, he always would reinforce this, but guidestar.org, just how it sounds, I highly encourage, Yeah, it's the holiday season, this is why I'm bringing this up, if you're going to ever give money, or maybe you've given money in the past to charities, okay, some people do around the holidays, it's a write-off, maybe it's for a good reason, whatever the reason that you potentially would give, I highly encourage you to go to guidestar.org, and you can search these different nonprofits, okay? And you can see how much goes to charity. And you would be blown away that with some of these charities, they don't give as much as you would hope, you know, because everybody, I mean, let's be honest, everybody does got to get paid. So, you know, there's a lot of people within these organizations, but my thing is, you know, do it for the right reason. But also, if you can, give, give to a charity and give to a nonprofit, if you will, that, that that's putting the money, you know, where they say they are. So I guess that could be an ODB live and uncut, but it's not. It's a general update. Uh, we want to thank Joey at Get Decked uh, for all of the support. Uh, if you go to our website, you can uh, pick up some of our new skate decks. Uh, Joey Dilworth, if you want to put a photo or some artwork on a skate deck, hit them up on Instagram. It's Get Decked. You'll see Get Decked VA, uh, Joey Dilworth. And uh, hit them up. If you're a show promoter, certainly hit up Joey. He could take care of you. He could take that awesome show artwork that you have and help you build out your merchandise, if you will, for the showgoers that love this stuff. So hit up Joey at Get Decked. Hut 1, Hut 2, Hut 3, Hut Old Dirty Ballard, live and uncut. So uh, this ODB live and uncut is brought to you by the fine folks over at Lane Frame Candles. I want to give them a shout out. Uh, again, it is the holiday season. They, uh, if you, I think if you search uh, on Google Lane Frame Candles and also on Facebook, Yeah, it'll take you to their website, Lane Lane Frame Candles with a K. Hit them up. Um, they got some pretty cool stuff. If nothing else, give them a like. It helps their page out. I would appreciate that. So uh, good stuff there. 
Now, the ODB live and uncut this week, I just want to say I listened to the Custom Scene podcast. I enjoyed their last episode. You know, Glenn and Dizzy finally got their stuff together and put out another episode. They even said it during the episode, like, you know, we just kind of wanted to let you guys know we're still around. Yeah, are you guys still around? I mean, you're, you're putzing them out here onesie twosies, man. You know, what, what are the listeners doing sitting at home listening to OLP? Listen, the heat is starting to get stirred up here, and we're going to see you guys at EBGD, and we're going to do a, let's just say it's going to be a wrestle off Okay, I know that doesn't make any sense right now, but some shit's going to go down over at uh, this show that Mike, <laughs> Mike keeps telling me I need to talk about. I'm like, talk about what? Eastbound get down. That's uh, two words. Eastbound is one word. Get down is another word. And according to Bookface, it's January 13th through the 15th, and it's presented by Stingray Chevrolet. But uh, yeah, those guys are going to be down there, and apparently there's some heat that's brewing. And I did hear it at the end. You know, Dizzy brought this up, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we we got a chance to listen to Glenn talk about his Disney trip and how much he hates Disney. And so, so Glenn, come on, man, bring some, where's the positivity, bro? I mean, that's the happiest place on earth, and you got, you know, you're whittled down to wanting to hang out in the motel. I mean, what's going down? And then Dizzy. I mean, dude, what's your deal, man? I mean, are you getting the axes ready for me to throw at Mike or what, man? Let's do it, bro. And I'm not talking the little ones, man. I want the full-fledged deals. I've never done it before, but like Mike said, he's willing to get up there, man. You know, so this wrestling deal, you, all I'm going to say is this. You, you better you better brush up on your WWF, WWE, whatever you guys call it these days, and some of the NWO and some of that stuff. You better you better brush up on some of your uh, you know your vocab and the kids Arnie Tiz Auk, and some of the you know the moves because this wrestling off deal you know it's gonna think think of Eminem freestyling an eight mile okay I mean this is where I think we could take it but all wrestling dude be at he's bound get down if you want to see this thing dude that's all I'm telling you guys okay. Uh, that's enough ODB live and uncut. Now, the next thing is the trivia with Miggity Mike. And, of course, Mike's not here. But I did bring this up to you guys last week. So I talked about John Hughes. Now it's time to get serious. If you look up John Hughes, just how it sounds, H-U-G-H-E-S, many of you probably know that uh, he obviously made some amazing movies. And... You know, when, when I think of John Hughes movies, I think of some true classics, okay? I think of, and we're talking about movies that he wrote. So, Miracle on 34th Street, Dutch, Pretty in Pink, Mr. Mom, yes, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. We know Mike's seen that one. Uh, Reach the Rock, which was a 1998 film. 16 Candles, Home Alone, which I mentioned last week. I gave you guys that one. Uncle Buck, that also had Macaulay Coughlin, right? Am I saying that right? Some Kind of Wonderful, which was an 87 film. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, which was the 83 blockbuster. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Really a Thanksgiving kind of film, right? The Breakfast Club, who hasn't seen that? And then, of course, number one in my book is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So John Hughes 
if you go on IMDb and you just type in his name, you'll get a chance. I mean, there's a. T- I mean, some you're gonna be like, man, he made, man, he wrote that. John John Hughes was was amazing. Okay, but here is um, maybe I'll cover some of these next week too because I'm only gonna go over one. So here's something that I found on thelaughbutton.com. Before Marvel, Ferris Bueller was part of a cinematic universe or cinematic high school at least. The fictional Shermer High shows up in a few John Hughes films. Hughes also shot many interior and exterior shots for his movies at the same two high schools. One in Des Plaines, Illinois and the other in Northbrook, Illinois. Hughes dropped Easter eggs for his movies into Ferris Bueller's, which is what I want to talk about this episode, including license plates. So if you've ever looked at the license plates, and I know this isn't something you would just normally pick up on, but next time you watch the film, look for this. One of the license plates is MMOM, which stood for Mr. Mom. Another was VCTN, which stood for National Lampoon's Vacation. And four, number four, FBDO, which was... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris's room also features a simple Minds poster. The band whose hit song, Don't You Forget About Me, is synonymous with what? Mike wouldn't know this. I know it. The Breakfast Club. So there's a ton of Easter eggs throughout John Hughes's you know, great films. So uh, those are just a couple for you, and I hope that you guys appreciate them. So I think what I'm going to do this week is maybe not ask a trivia. I think that was a little bit over the top. We'll talk more about some of those Easter eggs next week on OLP. Hey, it's the holidays. I got to be a little light here, right? The trivia is brought to you by our fine friends over at AccuWear.com. If you want to pick up the best air management in the history of air management, A-C-C-U Air, that's AccuWear.com. You can pick up their E-Level plus and ECU upgrade, height sensors, pressure upgrades, you name it, they have it all. Visit AccuWear.com. You can also pick up merchandise on their website. Just go to AccuWear.com. Hit them up, let them know what you're looking for, and they'll ship it out directly to you. All right, the scene updates this week. Listen, I keep saying I'm going to keep this short, and it's keep going. It, it continues to go long. So I'm just going to cover one update here. I see a lot of different people, including No Regrets, doing these toy drives. Fantastic. It's a great thing for the scene. It's getting people out. I know Kirk went up to Auto Metal Direct, and they were up there for the NR Toy Drive, which is in Georgia. And again, Ernie would be proud. There's just so much positivity going on in the scene I've always wanted to do a toy drive. I never have. Think about doing those type of things. You know, next year, you know, if, if in your community, if you could bring people together, get the good kin folk out there and slap hands and do it for a good cause. That's, that, I mean, that's what we got to do. We got to help each other out. We got to help the communities, the families. And I love seeing it. So that's the only update I'm going to uh, cover this week. The scene updates is brought to you by Garage Gear Clothing. I know you guys maybe get sick of hearing me say this, but they offer free shipping in the good old U.S. of A. And they will take care of you. Go to garagegearclothing.com. You can hit them up. They have street trucks, cars, mini trucks, full sizes. 
you name it, they've got it on a shirt. They also have the kids' apparel and women's. Hit them up. Use the code OLP at checkout. You never know what they will throw in. They'll take care of you some way, somehow. GarageGearClothing.com. All right, I am going to skip the key show updates this week. There's not a lot to share. I do know that some people this weekend are going to the grand finale, which is uh, part of Craig Raleigh's um, shows. And uh, congrats, everybody that goes out there. Have fun. Be safe. I'm going to be back here holding it down. Uh, I got some things in the works. Hopefully, I'll be making a trip this weekend. But uh, if you guys are having a good time over there, make sure you tag us. We'll try to reshare some of those. And for everyone that went to Turkey Drag, including Joey and Tom, uh, and, and of course Chad as well, happy born day to Chad. He had his born day out there. Uh, hope, hopefully that you guys had a good time. We got a lot of good videos out of it, and we'll continue to post some of those. But uh, that's all I have for the Key Show updates this week. I want to thank the West Coast Influence. Uh, you can go to minitruckfilm.com. Uh, again, it's the holiday season. If you go to minitruckfilm.com, you can actually pick up the West Coast Influence. It's pretty cool. Minitruckfilm.com. They also have a couple of die casts, I think, still available. Uh, hook up your significant other by going to minitruckfilm.com. Okay, so the latest podcast updates. I was going to say, wow, I don't really have many, but let's look at some of these reviews. So November 1st, five stars. This is from Haynes or Haynes Service Tech. I really appreciate what Jason and Mike do for the scene. Their dedication uh, to the scene we all love uh, so much is second to none. Please keep doing what you do for many years to come. And that's uh, Hain Service Tech. Thank you so much, 11-1. Here we got Love the Podcast. I really love the podcast and hearing all the stories about all the mini truck shows, many of which I attended in the mid-90s to early 2000s. Uh, keep up the great work. That was J-Man, J-M-A-N, 6 716. Thank you so much, big homie. Now, I forget how far I went back here, but I think I'm going to read th these next two. Here, I've got Love the Podcast. Appreciate you guys keeping us updated on upcoming events. Coast to coast, really enjoy the interviews with the old school heroes. I'd love to hear some episodes uh, interviewing some of the club presidents, going over the history and origins of different clubs. Saints of SoCal on Instagram. Saints of SoCal. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, September 6th, and then here was Fantastic Pod, Pod Reviewed by Diablo. So I may have read that one in the past. But again, if you can, those are through Apple Podcasts. What I do need to do is I know there's a lot of folks that leave comments and thumbs up uh, through Podbean. That's an app you can download on iPhone or Android, and I'll try to go through some of those maybe in January and read some of those comments. So leave some there as well. The podcast updates brought to you by Graphics Mafia. If you need stickers or light design work, hit up G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. They can take care of you. They actually do wraps. They do those political signs. They can pretty much do it all if it involves vinyl. They're great people. Hit up Buddy or Ryan. They have free shipping on good old US of A orders over $25. Last but not least, we got the Airhead Nation updates. I'm thinking about renaming the Airhead Nation. What do you guys think? I got some things in, in my mind, but I don't know. Me and, I think Mike's holding me down, man. He he told me one time if I ever think about renaming Airhead Nation, he's, he's going to be pissed. So, I mean, what do you think I'm going to do at that point, right? But I'm just going to cover a, a couple um, – 
let me just say two, right? Because sometimes I go over a lot. Uh, our previous guest and just a great guy on our scene, Doug Starbuck, he did a mention on a December 3rd post. Most of my friends know that in July 2019, I was painting a car. And when I got down the spray, the rocker panel, my foot popped. It shook through my whole body and I stood up and didn't feel anything, no pain at all. And he kind of goes on to say that, you know, he's, he kind of goes on to say that he had surgery on November 30th. And, um, it was just a few days ago. He's laid up on the couch. He's spending time. He's resting. He's a great guy. He's been around the scene a long time. And if you go back and you listen to the episodes, you'll hear his episode and he's, he's a great guy. So, you know, again, um, you know, send some positive vibes to him to get back on his feet, literally. And, uh, you know, we all get older. So I think sometimes people see other people and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. I, you know, I'm busy. I, you know, I got to go on, on my day. And, you know, who cares? And, you know, uh, I'm, you know, uh, uh, and it's never going to happen to me. Listen, we all get older. At some point, you're going to have, you know, things potentially we all are that have to be, you know, taken care of. And, uh, when I see those kind of posts, I try to give them encouraging words and go, yo, just hang in there. You got this. Cause I'm telling you, my dad had, uh, knee surgery. I remember how much pain he was in, but God, after a week or two, it was like, he was a new guy and he goes, yo, now I want to get the other one done. I want to be the bionic man. So, uh, Doug get well, homie. OG rather, I should say the only other update that I wanted to mention was, uh, Chris Billy Bob mole. Uh, he had posted a series of updates on Michelle, his wife, and I'll just kind of cover the last one. There was a little bit of a scare. He said that the test came back, that it looked like there was no issue. Maybe it was some newer medication, but Chris is a great guy, big supporter of the podcast, great guy in our scene, built very cool stuff. But first and foremost, he's a good person and uh, hopefully his wife will be okay and they can get through the holidays and enjoy their time together. So uh, those are the Airhead Nation updates brought to you by C&S Metalworks. Uh, if you go to cs-metalworks.com, if you need AccuAir or some of these different parts, Universal Air, hit up Chris and team there, and they will take care of you. Uh, they're also on Instagram, CS Metalworks, good people, and uh, they ordered some of my Universal Air parts. They checked if I had a VU4, and I said, yep, and he goes, all right, we got what you need. We'll get it ordered and arrive shortly after, so thanks, Chris. Ruben and all the team over there at CS Metal Works. So let's roll into the audio with Brooke. Then we'll roll into the audio with Charles Wickham. Thank you guys so much for the support. I know a little shorter. I beat the 30 minute mark for my audio. Hey, progress is my middle name, right? Like Marigold Wilson. Stay on the rise and we at you. Be safe, y'all. Peace. Hey, hey. So as I said early in this episode, we're going to keep it fresh. We're going to uh, link up with Brooke. And uh, Brooke, how are you doing? I'm good, Jason. How are you? I am fantastic. And, you know, I hinted that we were going to link up last week. And it's really cool to sit down with you because I did want people to know, since we're here in Florida, that there was a change. One of you guys' leaders apparently has uh, relocated up a little bit further north. And I just wanted to say congratulations. And did you just want to kind of mention um, kind of what you guys have went through from a from a uh, chapter perspective? Yeah, our Scott Lawson headed up the Florida chapter for the last several years. Uh, he took the reins from Kevin Fry, who has been our chapter pres for over a decade. And Scott moved to Tennessee and he had to select a new chapter pres and 
it went to me. I was surprised. I didn't have seniority. And um, it, just, it, it was a really cool thing. And it was really an honor in a group of people that I've known for years and respect. And I respect the club. So I hope I can live up to their expectations and be a good leader and take the club in a good direction. Yeah, that's fantastic. We love hearing it. Uh, we've reinforced on this podcast, but we've more importantly, we've seen it in the scene, the integral role that women play out there in terms of going to shows, having these events and things. And to me, it's a tip of the cap. You know, I love seeing kind of the leadership change and what you know others and I have talked about in the past. I always think it's important too that you know, change is important, right? So sometimes, you know, some people don't want to let the reins go or whatever. But in this case, he was moving and it worked out. And I guess to sum it up, congratulations. I love hearing it. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. And speaking of Scott, I see he's he's living it up there in Tennessee. You know, the house is getting finished. So if he listens to this, which I know he typically does, and he shows love back on uh, YouTube, man, congrats to him. And, and they're just living it up. Yeah, beautiful home. Absolutely beautiful. Like the finishing touches are on the home. They're oh, I, I actually love looking at real estate and pictures and interiors and backsplashes counters. I love all that stuff. So seeing his home get put together, new construction. I've been following the photos of it, and it just turned out amazing. It's such a pretty house, such pretty property. So congratulations to him and his family on their move. It's, it looks like a great place for him to raise his family. Oh yeah, for sure. And before we talk about relaxing on the ranch, I did want to just say, uh, I noticed that Lauren, he was out at the, what we all refer to in Florida as the Turkey Rod Run. Uh, Were you able to make it out this year? Yeah, our hotel, you can only park one car. So we just made the decision to take his S10 because it's, you know, the LS motor, it's, um, it just sounds like a hot rod. It's a fun truck to drive and it's just a weekend trip. So yeah, we just took his truck and went out to Turkey Rod Run and it was a great time. If you have not been to Turkey Rod Run, you're missing out. There were a lot more mini trucks this year than I've seen in the past. Um, but it's, it's just such a cool event in the city of Daytona. Thanksgiving weekend, it's just worth it to go. Yeah, fantastic. And I, I wish that I would have pushed a little bit harder. Not that you know they needed the help, but uh, Jimmy's Run and Customs, as you know, you know, Jimmy and those guys had built just an amazing truck for you, the Ford Ranger. I got the ride in it at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, so thank you so much. And those guys, you know, with John and team, with Trucks and Cheeseburgers, they've really built, like, this cool open house. I, I hadn't ever missed one, I don't believe. And, you know, this year I kind of ended up doing some family stuff back here. But what a turnout they continue to have there at Jimmy's Running Customs. Yeah, I love visiting the shop. Um, Every now and then he'll make some miscellaneous parts for another build that Lauren has going on right now. And uh, we've stopped by. It's always nice to see Jimmy. It's always nice to see what's going on in the shop and how his process works for building things. He got the three Silverados recently, um, one of them being Ricky Mays, the other one being a mitt. And I forget who had the third one. And uh, in the shop right now, he's got the Escalade. And that is an amazing build. So it's really cool to see these things in process and see the quality that goes into Jimmy's work and the engineering to make everything work. Cause Jimmy builds drivers. I can hop in my truck and drive it anywhere. I'm not concerned about it. It's a start and drive and I drive it all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. And a lot of people don't know, you know, Jimmy, I know he will never come on the podcast. It's just not his thing. And we, we respect that. But 
for people that don't know is, you know, it is really a one man show. Um, Tim does a fantastic job and Tim kind of has a unique situation with his, his hours. I guess we could just leave it at that. But I know, uh, it's, it's coming up almost on two years that I had my spot come open and I opted to not bring in my Lincoln and, you know, Jimmy and I and, and Tim, we had been talking for about a year, year and a half, maybe even two years about bringing my truck in and kind of working out some of the, um, little hiccups I've had again, nothing that they did, but, uh, Tony's parents had rebuilt the engine and, you know, I just, they went through the fuel system, changed out some valves, changed some bags, but, you know, going back to the point, you know, with Tim being kind of part-time and Jimmy being in a unique spot where he can't just easily get help, as you know, it really reinforces to me like what an amazing job he does because, as you know, those chassis, I mean, that's a lot of work. Right, and it doesn't just get assembly lined and out the door with no regards for quality. There's a lot of quality in engineering that goes into his builds to make them work. Like with my truck, um, I have the advantage of there not being a lot of computer stuff to overcome, but there were still a lot of little things that had to be figured out in order to make it run properly work properly so like i have my factory ac and heat but things had to be modified to make it fit but if anything ever breaks i can go and get factory ford parts to repair it um uh, there were there were little things like the power steering line on those ford rangers um they have a little port or like a little t off the line where if you are idling and you turn the wheel it increases the rpm of the motor and um, the power steering pump so you can turn the wheel and like he had to figure out how to get that to work with the we switched it from a steering box to rack and pinion and just little things like that i want those things to work i want my truck to drive i you know so just a million little things with the build as old as my 93 ranger to get it to work and seeing these brand new vehicles go in there all the technology on them with uh, wheel sensors, transmission sensors, uh, shifting, um, AC lines, just everything has to work when it leaves. And it's it's an incredible amount of engineering if you know what goes into these builds. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. And it's, it's pretty cool if people want to follow along with Jimmy's doing. It's kind of a long hashtag, but it's Jimmy's with an S, Jimmy's Rod and A&D Customs with a C and an S on the end. So Customs. And you can tap on that hashtag and you can hit follow where, of course, you can follow him, and then if you're on Instagram, turn on those post notifications. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's great for me to see, um, you know, having known Jimmy a long time, he has really grown, I mean, amazing tools and things like that, but he, he also, I think for the past, like, 10 years, you know, he continues to get the recognition that you and I both know he fully deserves. So to see so many people comment positive things on his uh, posts really, you know, kind of brings a smile on my face. I'm like, dude, this guy arguably one of the hardest working dudes out there and again to do it most of it by himself it's just really um it shows his commitment to the scene that's for sure and, and his customers and a shameless plug here but one of the vehicles he built is up for street trucks truck of the year yeah mike uh, hill mike hill yep. mike hill's explorer so uh totally been sharing that on social media and i'm totally biased because i know mike hill and i know jimmy but absolutely <laughs> would love to see the truck get um street truck of the year so yeah thank you for you plugging know, that's that going on yeah. yeah absolutely yeah we shared that earlier on our story and thank you brooke for plugging it um if you do get a chance go to street trucks mag.com and uh, you can just search or just scroll back i think they're going to try to pin it to the top and please if you can if, if you're a fan of this podcast vote for a mini truck 
But if you if you really want to go an extra mile, vote for Mike Hill. Uh, just an amazing, as I joke around and call it a blazer, he knows I'm kidding. You know, we, we, we know it's a Ford Explorer. <laughs> Every chance I get, I call it a blazer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go, I appreciate you kind of taking a few minutes. Um, I know there was some news about, and I kind of hinted at this, you know, maybe a couple episodes ago. But next, you know, late February, March, there was going to be a change. So I kind of wanted people to hear it from you on uh, anything that you wanted to share about relaxing on the ranch. Sure. So when we um, started putting on a show at River Ranch, we had a three-year contract. And this was the end of our three years. And we were not successful in negotiating a new contract. There were some changes that we wanted to make to our existing contract. And um, the communication just wasn't there. uh, And it didn't happen. So as a club, we're looking at doing some other things, but it does not, we are not putting on a show in 2023, at least not in the spring. And we hope to bring something new to the table in 2024. Uh, I think at this point in the game, it's too late to try to throw something together for the spring. I think people have already made their plans for next year. Um, So 2024 is going to be our year and we're trying to get something new in the works. We've got some feelers out there. We've got some ideas and we're trying to make it happen. Yeah, fantastic. We know that RA over the years has had some just really fun events in my mind. I think like Farm Fest, we know Downtime, that was Downtime, that was, you know, a tip to uh, Bruce Rivera, kind of tip of the cap for his legacy and, and what he's did for the scene. And then, of course, with what you guys had here with, with accident, Relaxing on the Ranch. But we're certainly excited for whatever you guys do um, kind of come up with in the future. Well, thank you. Yeah, we hope to put on um, a show that people can enjoy, that people can bring their families to. We put on shows because we love the scene. We love contributing to the Florida scene. We don't do it for fame, glory, or finance. We put our hearts into this. So we hope to bring something new to the table in 2024 that everyone can enjoy. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, I know we kind of made it short and sweet, but is there anything else that you've seen out there in the scene that you wanted to mention or anything else you got going on? You had a great plug earlier for Mike Hill's uh, blazer. (laughs) Ha ha. I know. I'm going to charge them for that. Um, (laughs) No, I just want to wish everybody um, a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I hope everyone just has the best 2023 possible. Um, Get out there, hit shows, maybe hit up a show you haven't been to before. I know I'm going to try to go to Rolling in the Red Rocks next year. So uh, just make the best of the year. Yeah, I, I love the positivity and we'd love to link up maybe earlier in the year next year. Uh, just to kind of see what you got going on. We always um, love seeing your truck, as we talked about earlier, the Ford Ranger. And um, just keep doing what you guys do. And tip of the cap to RA Florida, a lot of good kinfolk uh, that represent many different years and decades of this mini truck thing of ours. Uh, so uh, just keep doing what you do. All right, man. Nice talking to you. Brooke, stay on the rise, and we'll talk soon. All right, man. Yo, yo, as I stated earlier, we're super excited to sit down with Charles Wickham. What I know Charles as Charles W. Picks on Instagram. We'll talk more about that. But Charles, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling like we're going to go down a trip down memory lane, man. 
Oh yeah, we we we've definitely definitely got a trip uh, planned. I mean, basically, <laughs> you're gonna have to uh, buckle in, make sure your seatbelt's good and tight, and uh, yeah, because so we've definitely got some of the things that we're gonna hit upon, and uh, it's gonna be definitely uh, some uh, some weird stories, some good times, <laughs> and uh, some uh, great memories that'll be shared. So, well, thanks for setting us up there. You know, we're gonna hit 88 miles an hour here, I'm sure soon, but. Can you share a little bit about yourself? You know, folks, I think some of the old school guys might know your name and whatnot, but like Charles Wickham, we've heard your name before from Genro and other guys. You've been around a long time. But like kind of what's your backstory, man? Backstory, originally from uh, Kansas City area. Uh, really? My uh, been around the automotive uh, uh, hobby, I guess, my entire life. Uh, my grandfather ran Moonshine uh, in southwest Missouri, southeastern Kansas. My uncle was into dirt track racing. My father and mother met street racing. Damn. My mom was actually, uh, there was a contest back in the late 60s that it was kind of like a beauty pageant, uh, race your car sort of thing. And uh, there's a photo of my mom wearing a sash. She was Miss Mustang 1969, pregnant with me. Wow. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of where, I guess, where it's all started. Like I said, I grew up in rural Missouri, uh, around, uh, dirt track was basically what I, I grew up around with my uncle racing. He's still to this day involved with it, uh, 50 years later. Yeah. It sounds like you um, got an octane in your, uh, blood veins, yeah. man. Uh, in 1984, my parents moved, uh, moved us to south of Houston and that's where, the tr- the whole truck thing uh, kicked off. Uh, where I lived, it was basically lifted four by fours. That's all you saw. Hmm. Um, the four by four scene was uh, insane. There, uh, there were a couple monster trucks out of that area. Uh, that was all these different truck shows. I mean, there was a truck show scene like at car dealerships. I mean, just to bring people out, just to damn get. Uh, People looking at cars uh, of all kinds, trying to sell you a new car. <laughs> um, my first real experience uh, with lower trucks was, I want to say, 1986. Went to the Houston Autorama, and there was vehicles were kind of divided up, and that's when I first came across the club uh, trendsetters. Out of oh, Houston. right, they were huge. Those, those, the colors, the trucks, just, it, I was completely blown away. Never seen anything like that. Never saw anything in magazines like that. Just like, what is this? And why is this so damn cool? And <laughs> right. why isn't there, why isn't there a huge crowd around these trucks? Because these things are just, just insane. Yep. Show vehicles, man. Cruisers, and everything. That, that was the bug. That's basically where the whole mini trucking thing kicked off right there was, uh, uh, that that Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, how ironic. And we just had the Houston Autorama, and there were, I saw Radar, of course, out there. Um, there were a bunch of, you know, good good mix of mini trucks. Our, our homie Eddie Gordy came out from the East Coast. You know, like, it still brings people from all over. Yes. Uh, there was, uh, I remember uh, one Autorama one year, there was a, oh, I hate to, I can't remember saying, but he had a, an unbelievably clean Nissan regular cab short bed with a shell that was had like a raspberry tweed interior and had like these like ras. It was the same color as the interior, but they were like 
like three ovals that were down the side and kind of like a, like a spear or something like that going through them. Ah. Just a real simple graphic. And he actually competed for a points that season and ended up winning like the whatever mini truck class it was that he was in. Like he was like the, the national champion for damn for mini trucks that year. Yeah. But I remember seeing him. I saw him at Heatway one year. I think I saw him at the Indy Truck Bash. It was just yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, did you before we talk about some of the trucks you've had? Um, you know, because since we're you know talking about shows, did you find yourself like once you got hooked? Did you start going to shows in or around that area, or because it seemed like the mid night or the early nineties, you were you were already traveling like out of state and stuff. Oh, early nineties, uh, I was. I was in the military, uh, oh, three months okay. out of high school. I, I joined the military and that's how I ended up in California. Okay. Um, I, I went to desert shield, desert storm, um, came back with a pocket full of cash and, um, wanted it. My, my first truck to be a mini truck. Um, I mean, that was how I wanted to basically, uh, basically keep this whole thing off and, um, looking at, I would get, my mom would mail me like mini trucking or not, yeah, mini trucking, trucking magazines while I was out at sea. So I would get ideas like, all right, I want these wheels or this truck or whatever. And I came back and went around to all the dealerships looking at, uh, what truck am I going to buy? And I wanted to be different. It's like, I've always wanted to kind of set myself apart from everybody else. So Toyota's that was like, Man, there's a lot of Toyota out there. I mean, that is the truck of choice. You see, like that's all you saw in the magazines was Toyota. Mm-hmm. The Nissans, Nissans were a little out of my price range that uh, at that time. Isuzu's really wasn't fond of the the styling of the, of the Isuzu, uh-huh. and the Mazdas were just so low on power. Uh, being have coming from like a high octane kind of background, I was like. They were actually the lowest rated horsepower hmm. of all the, the compact trucks at the time. So, like, I'm not getting. That's the reason why they people call them Moz dogs because they were just a dog. <laughs> okay, there's a little. It makes sense. But um, and then then there was the Mitsubishi. Uh, went to the uh, Mitsubishi dealership, and there was this 1991 regular cab short bed in Fiji blue metallic, beautiful color. And it was five speed, no frills. I mean, it was bare bones. And I was like, I like this truck. I was like, I didn't see them in the magazines because I figured people just didn't build them. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why people didn't build them. <laughs> uh, two words, torsion bars. They didn't have them. Oh. And getting lowering parts was impossible at the time. I think, I don't even think they had lowering springs in the front for them yet. <laughs> wow. So buy the truck and like I within I think the first week of having it I had tinted windows, I had exhaust and I had stereo. I mean just like going all in right off the bat. Damn. That there in, in Texas. So go back to California, I'm in the Navy and I go to a show at I wanna say it was Mesa Community College. I I, I probably got that right, wrong. But it was a small community college, but they had a show uh, once a month on a Sunday. Okay. And went to the show, and there there were like three mini trucks there. Uh, one of them was a 
well, actually, two of them were Mazdas. One was the regular cab short bed, uh, gray. Then there was a yellow extra cab with a shell, and uh, it was solid yellow. And I started talking to these guys, and I'm like, I, I've got a truck. I'm in the Navy. It's like, it's, I want to get it lowered. And it's like, who do I talk to? And they're like, well, we have, we're in a club. And the club, club name was Miracles, which Mike Peters was the president of the club. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yes. I went to the club meeting. Basically, I, I met Mike, met a few other guys, and I said, there's a shop that they can probably lower your truck, go talk to them, and uh, kind of like, you can start hanging out with us. You seem like a cool guy. All right, cool. Cool. Go to this this four-wheel drive shop, which, I mean, being young and I guess you could almost say naive, I was like, this, you should kind of... Thing is like, all right, you're going to a four wheel four wheel dry shop to get your truck lowered. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, what they did, they put a, a three inch block in the back and heated the coil springs. Ah, okay. Which the truck just instantly just rode terrible. So it was but it was lowered. They just rode like oh yeah, bad. Yeah, I got it. So talking to the guys and they kinda like crawl underneath it's like, Well, you need to take out your bump stops. All right. So uh <laughs> That was the first thing. So I go to, we had a, a hobby shop on base where you could actually work on your vehicles. It was, it was free for military and everything you could think of. And I go get, get underneath and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, oh, well, all right, this and bolts, this and bolts. And this is like, hey, it's rubber. I could, I could just cut it. So basically I cut my bunk stops out truck sat like an inch and a half lower after that and rode a lot better. I like, Hey, this is cool. So started hanging out, hanging out more with the miracles club. And there was a, a member in the club. His name was rusty kick there. He, uh, had a really cool, uh, I would say it's a 1990 red Toyota regular cab long bed. Okay. That he just had that truck hammered. And but he worked for the local Eagle Wheel uh, distributor. Oh yeah. So uh, the thing about the, the all the guys in Miracles, they all had Eagle Wheels because there was uh, uh, it was fifty bucks a wheel out the door. Wow, dude, that's the good old days right there. Yeah. So uh, I I went when uh, one day went. Talked to Rusty, and he's like, yeah, I got these wheels. Uh, he's like, these will work on your truck. So ended up buying a set of Eagles, uh, some uh, 15 by 7s, uh, put low-profile rubber on it, and uh, was, again, hanging out with the, the club even more. And Mike took me out outside. He's like, uh, there's something that came. He's like, how did you do it? He's like, something came up that's like uh, – I was like, I want to talk to you some, about something happened a couple weeks ago. I'm like, oh, crap. It's like I got pissed off, pissed off these guys. So, like, they're going to tell me, basically run me off and don't want to see me again. And there were a couple other guys out there, and they basically handed me this huge logo, which took up the entire back window. Ah, oh, right. So here you uh, are thinking, like, it's going to be a bad thing. They're clipping me out of this. And it was the typical, hey, come out here. We want to talk to you. And you were getting your yeah. logo. Yes. So I was like, holy crap, I'm, I'm in. And I think that's the first night I met Courtney Hallowell. Wow. You, uh, yeah, Courtney, you pretty much can nail it down to that, 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 that night. That's pretty cool. Uh, he was the president of uh, 
what what we call the sister club class fact. They had their meetings on Wednesday. We had our meetings on boy. We had our meetings on Wednesday. They had their meetings on Thursdays. Okay. So they would come to our meetings. We would go to their meetings, and basically on Wednesday and Thursday, we figure out what we're going to do. Then Friday night, we would meet up someplace and either go cruise the beach or go to a bonfire or something like that, just hang out for the weekend. And uh, but yeah, that was December ninety one. Is when that all kicked off. Damn, yeah, thirty, almost thirty-one years ago. Yeah. Now, so what, whereabouts right. were you living when you say like Southern Cal? Like you obviously you're in the Navy. Thanks for your service. Where, like, what were you like in and around the Santee area? I was in San Diego. Oh, that's um, right, because the base. Yeah, this, uh, it was like they're in National City, Chula Vista area. the The base technically is in National City. Chula Vista is like the next town, uh, just south of there. But if you went out to what the area they call the East Valley, which was like El Cajon, Lakeside, Santee, where that's predominantly where all the mini trucks were, was out, out in that area. I mean, yeah. they were scattered around La Mesa and stuff like that, but, but for the most part, that's where the, the largest group of them were, or it's in that area. Yeah, that and makes sense. That's when, and that's when I like first met Chris Anders with his silver Mazda and just like, and I'm looking at his truck, and he he was just, uh, I think he was on Pathfinders at the time, and the truck was silver, and he had his convertible top, which I think that was like, the truck was perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at the photos, like, I liked it when it was silver. I, I, I Something about those scallops and just that cover and stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, that truck cruising with no top on it and stuff, dude, like, that thing was freaking sick, bro. I got to cruise with him a couple times in that truck, and that was just the most fun I ever had just riding with someone, whether it be riding or driving. It's just you've got all that open space around you. I'm like, you're, of course, being lowered. I mean, you're close to the ground. It's like you see hear everything around you. It's like it's a sensory overload. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's thinking about it now, touch on something. Uh, I was riding with Chris. We went down to Mission Beach, where there's a roller coaster and a big parking lot with a hangout. Mm-hmm. And this was, I, I don't remember, Saturday or Sunday, but it was the weekend during the day. And he, I think he was on air shocks at the time. I don't remember uh, if he had him on or then or not. But we go in and we start driving into the drive. So he's taking that at an angle. So he's, he's dragging a little bit. And next thing I know, this guy on a skateboard comes hauling ass at us and does this like kickflip ollie sort of thing, like over the the bed of the truck. <laughs> wow, that so wasn't like, set like, up or anything. No, it was just like a, like a foot behind my bed, and he comes around, and I'm like, I look at Chris, <laughs> and I look back, and I'm like, that's Tony Hawk, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, that's Tony Hawk. No way. <laughs> It was just like, holy crap. Dude, that's awesome. We we should hit Tony Hawk up at some point because he's got a really <laughs> good memory. And people people send him stuff all the time. And we'll have to send him a photo of like what the truck looked like then and be like, man, yeah. do you ever remember doing a trick over this truck and such and such? He might remember. <laughs> Who knows? That's crazy. But yeah, that was like before the whole X Game thing kicked off, kicked off and I was yeah. just like, and that was like one of my the first times I I have a weird thing about bumping into celebrities just in the most odd places. Oh, dude, that's that's crazy. But yeah, that was that was an, an awesome thing. Uh, just kind of like 
that's basically when it kind of really set in, like, I'm in Southern California. I mean, this is the whole, like... Um, the, the vibe is different. Everything's, yeah, it, like, like, chill. The whole thing was, like, uh, like Van Halen's cover of California Girls. It's kind of like, <laughs> that. this is it. Hot chicks on uh, roller skates, on you know, be, you know exactly. bikinis I mean, coming the, by. The boardwalk is like you've got like girls in bikinis. I mean, you got people skateboarding, biking. You got custom cars, custom trucks. I mean, loud stereos. It's like woody wagons. Was, you know, all that. Yeah, stuff. It, was, it was all of it. Yeah. What What's funny is I mentioned this in the past, but in the eighties, I don't know if you remember this. Remember this, but. Uh, it, we we were lucky. One thing that we did have when we were kids, I don't know how in Land Lakes, is we had cable TV. And I remember watching something ESPN had on, and you can't find anything barely on it, but it was called Hot Summer Nights. And it was like, you know, it had the typical little intro where, you know, the chicks roller skating and there's a guy surfing. But they would show like surfing, street skating, you know, freestyle, by you know, all that stuff, you know, that was like, just really gaining momentum in that era. And I used to watch yeah. that, you know, as a kid, like I was like, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old, just going, dude, like this place is awesome. Like wherever this is at, I want to go there. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that was like, that was some really great times. It's just like the, the whole era, the whole scene, the vibe is just, just something that just, you really can't put it into words. I mean, it's just something you had to partake in and just be a part of. Now, be, being in, I, I know the Air Force is different than the Navy and all that stuff, but circa that era, you know, we're kind of getting into that time frame of, like, the Top Gun, right? And I remember, yeah. I forget who it was on was on recently, we were talking, I was like, yeah, was that? And they're like, well, but, but being that that film comes out, like, in 86, right? Was there still, yeah. like, was that still kind of a buzz? Like, was it cool to be like, man, San Diego? Because, you know, a lot of it was filmed down in that area. Uh, the The... The uh, airbase Miramar was actually um, north of uh, San Diego. Uh, Miramar, that's right. Yeah, I can't exactly remember exactly where it was, but it was probably about 15 minutes north of downtown, uh, right off of 15. And uh, funny story about that, I actually, it was one of the first times I went up there, uh, just, that was actually just to see the base. I mean, I mean, um, kind of like actually see it in person uh, to differ from the movie, but there was a used car lot that was right across the street. And I almost traded my truck in on a little sports car that was there. That uh, was funny. It's like that car nowadays pulls in six figures at, any, uh, at uh, basically pretty much any auto auction. But Aww. that car was for sale for $3,500 at the time. And, I was one of those ones like I regret not buying, but then again, if I went that route, what would we be talking right now? Right, exactly. It's like it's it's weird how one little decision can yeah. you know change the trajectory of life. You know, you know your life in, in general. Yeah, there's um, I, I can't rattle the stuff off, but one other comment on the Top Gun thing, that what they call the Top Gun house. If people could go down that bunny trail, I know the guy I follow on YouTube, Adam the Woo, he's talked about it, but the Top Gun house was um, known as the P-I-S-H-O-N house located on southwest corner of Mission and Pacific that was moved. Uh, it was something to do with, I don't know if they were expanding the road or whatever, but I know like people go and they visit that. But that movie for that era, you know, you think back to 85, 86, 
how monumental it was. And then fast forward all these years, they always talked about a sequel and then like it being one of the biggest movies of all time. It was just crazy. And that, you know, Tom Cruise got to give him credit. He held out because the COVID stuff, they just said, you know what, let's just release it on home. And he said, hell no, we, we made this movie for the movies. You know, you got to see it in the movie. And for anybody yeah. that hasn't seen it, it, it was pretty good. I, I got to give him two thumbs up on it. I, uh, actually, the, me and the wife went and saw it uh, when it came out theaters. And it's one of those ones where you kind of have the original in one hand yes. and the second one in the other hand, you're kind of like looking back and forth like, uh, which one's better? And you're just kind of like him, Han. Like I, they're both really, really good. Yep. Yeah, and it was cool that they used the same theme song. You know, he he's done. That guy has done so many you know epic songs and stuff. And but that yeah. was pretty cool. But yeah, so that was kind of the era that you you know that's how you ended up because I was wondering how you maybe because I, I knew when I called you it was a two eight one number. But then I was like, well, what was the connection? So it makes sense now, like the Navy and being down there in Southern California. So you roamed that whole area, hitting, you know, hanging out with all the guys and stuff, it sounded like. Yeah. There was even, uh, there was a guy on base that he was on a different ship than I was, but he was in Bonsai. The, at one time, the ship he was on was actually in the shipyard in Long Beach. And that's how he got into Bonsai. And he said, hey, I'm going to a club meeting. Is like, do you want to go along? And this is when I still had my Mitsubishi. And yeah, I rode up with him and roll into the, it was, uh, I forgot. It was some pizza place there off of like 91 and 57, that whole interchange area there in uh, Orange County. And roll into the parking lot of this, I think it was Shaky's Pizza. And you see, that was when there were a number of back-to-back bonsai trucks that were on the cover of mini trucking. Uh, um, there was a uh, Starbucks blazer. Heath, uh, was it? I can't think of that thing. Heath, he had a blue and silver, uh, Eston blazer that had like an orange and yellow stripe down it. Brian McCormick was there. The, uh, uh, there was a number of trucks. There was a Mazda extra cab that was on the cover. I think it was purple. Mm-hmm. I think it was on Elite Vipers as well. But there was just like, holy crap, there was like cover truck, cover truck, cover truck, feature truck, feature truck. And I'm just like, this is insane. I'm like, just like, it's like mini truck and magazine brought to life, like right in front of me. So that was my first real experience in Southern California seeing like magazine vehicles. Like, yeah, you were, yeah, you were seeing them in front of you and it was like, boom, that was just on the cover, you know? Yeah. And it was way before social media, so that stuff was just like kind of like, yeah, you, like you were in awe. So, yeah, you were exactly. you were hanging out with all the guys down there. Now, did you, in that era, I, I'm guessing, you know, there were, there were shows and stuff, but like you fast forward a couple years, you know, and you can kind of fill in some of the blanks too if I go too far ahead. But, you know, having met you on social media, when we would post or when I, when I would post, you know, April – uh, April of 94, so the 7th through the 10th was that spring splash, right, where Courtney shot that yes. that epic, you know, the, the first time they had done anything like it where they did this group photo, right? I, yes. I always remember you being, I, were you, you were kneeling down, 
uh, I think by one of the trucks or whatever. But but talk to us like were, were those shows like was that like the first show that you traveled that far to, or were you also going to other stuff in in and around that area? No, uh, I the Navy kind of like uh, curtailed my uh, my adventures going out on the weekends. Yeah, because yeah. it was always uh, the ship I was on was basically we did a lot of uh, stuff with Marines. So basically we were like uh, the go-to ship because the Marines need to do this operation or something like that. So that's when um, I was in Japan for nine months. I came oh, back. I traded, okay. I traded my Mitsubishi for a Toyota and I would drop my truck off. Like Mike Peters would say, Hey, you got to meet this guy, Brian Jindro. He's, he's like the go-to guy for doing suspension stuff. I mean, he could really do some cool stuff with your truck. I see. Okay, yeah. So, so it makes sense, right? I mean, you know, you got your career, you're doing their stuff, U.S. You know, yeah. military. And um, real quick though, before we jump over there, so like when you would when you would go to Japan, do you ever remember seeing any? I mean, not that you. I don't know if you got a chance to venture out, but do you remember seeing any custom stuff there in, in any of your journeys? No, um, I was in uh, South Western uh, Japan. It was. Uh, a town called Sasebo. And that's when I got in, uh, got bit by the, the JDM tuner cars. Oh, really? Uh, I saw my first skyline then, and it had, uh, a bunch of parts from HKS. I mean, they had like, I remember seeing the blue street targer in it. And I was just like, what is that? I have no idea what it does kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, it coming from uh, the background of like octane and stuff, right? That stuff yeah. was intriguing to you. Yeah, so the, that's when I I basically fell in love with the Skyline, the R thirty two Skyline, which was just amazing machine. An amazing, it was basically the the Camaro or the Mustang of in the United States. I mean, yep. that was their their go to hot rod. Yep. And seeing seeing that in person, not looking at like any JD magazines before, it's just like like wow, what is this? And why is it so damn cool? Yep. Yep. So that's when I, I wanted to bring one back to the States and come to find out it's like, you can't, they didn't import those cars and it's like, there were rules. So it's like, that kind of like squash the idea came in. Yeah. I never saw any like lower trucks, but, uh, there was a Seven Eleven outside base and I would like go to Seven Eleven like I did in, at the grocery store, like, hanging out the magazine rack and I'm flipping through and like seeing all this cool stuff that's like, been imported that was the uh, uh the beginning of like all the astrovans and uh yes. p1500 uh were going over there and seeing like the astronomical prices that they were charging for these vehicles i was just like yeah like, holy so- crap i'm in the wrong business yeah it sounded like it just was like because i i remember reading about some of that they had a magazine i think called daytona and it was like i remember courtney had made inroads or something, and, and the guys they would sw- they would swap out features like, hey, we'll give you a feature this month, and they they would swap them. And I remember seeing the Toyotas and some of that stuff, and um, you know it was pretty neat that they had custom stuff there. But I always want to go down the Bunny Trail Moon Eyes that company because I mean I don't know I know they go back many years, and I've got a couple of their things, but you know Moon Eyes has a huge presence in like Japan. You know they love the hot rod type stuff and all of that era specific things. But of course, Moon Eyes is big here too. So I'm always kind of curious to learn more about that stuff. But yeah, it makes sense. Now yeah. you never saw many trucker or truck, and I would assume on the newsstands there, right? No, uh, didn't see any American magazines. I would have to go if 
we had a port visit in Hong Kong, there was like this huge bookstore, magazine store that they carried all those magazines, but then they also carried the back issues. So they would have like three, four, five, six months of like, like trucking magazine. Right. And we had to pay like double what it was, whatever the, the cover price was, but still it was like, I could stock up on magazines, have reading material for months. Yep. Uh, just plenty of stuff to check out. Yeah, what's really rare, I was at the Spark Show, one of our favorite shows up in uh, August, up in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee. Huge shout-out to the Spark Show. And when I was there one year, Shannon Bullis, he's like the Ranger guy in the Carolinas. I mean, he's got a lot of the – he's got Sharks. This is old Ranger and just so many, even his old one, you know, a lot of cool stuff. But it was funny. He had, was meeting a guy there, and I go, man, what do you got? And it was a trucking that was in – Japanese. It was a trucking. It was the it was the issue with Mike Schartz's Ranger on it, and I really? was like, so I, I was like, can I take a photo of it? He goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. So then later on, I was looking back at my photos, and I was like, well, hold on, did they they didn't print these magazines in different languages? And I guess they did a few over the course of time. I don't know if it was like a special thing or they were just testing the waters or what. But I always thought like, how freaking yeah. cool was that? Like, I that was the only one I've ever seen like that. You know. Yeah, that's one of the things that's like, I, that was one of the things that kind of made me homesick was just like not able to see one, the beagles in person and two, like the having basically reading material in hand. So coming back from Japan, I was kind of like, didn't really know what was going on kind of things. Like, all right, I know the Toyota truck is cool. It's like, that's the one I'm going to get and, uh, trade the Mitsubishi for Toyota that was in the fall of 93. Actually, no, summer of 93. Uh, the fall of 93, I went to Chicago uh, to go to school for uh, uh, Navy diesel mechanics. And while I was up there, the truck was bone stock when I took it up there. Mm-hmm. And by the time it left Chicago, it was had torsions cranked. It had lowering blocks in it. It had a leaf pool. And it was on Infinity J30 wheels. If you're not familiar with that wheel is, if you look at the cover of Autostown Security, where Brian Gendro's Toxic Toy is on the cover, those are the wheels. Oh, he, wow. Gendro, uh, uh, I, I forgot what kind of deal we worked out, but uh, he ended up uh, getting those wheels off my truck, and he got them on his, on his truck, which they look a lot better on his truck than they did mine. Mm-hmm. Those, those wheels fit that truck perfectly, I think. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. And I want to talk more about that truck and that f- one of the features on it in a minute. So when you think, like, going back to the whole Spring Splash 9-4 back in, you know, April 94, was yeah. that, like, before that, so that that's obviously, you know, you're within a couple years of this whole time period. Was that one of the first runs, like, you felt like truck runs that you went to? Uh, I had been to Texas Heat Wave when it was in an Imolong park. Okay. Uh, when I came, when I came back from Japan, I actually went to a trendsetters meeting just to see, I wanted to see the trucks. I mean, yep. and, uh, that's when I first met Lonnie Ford and he said, Hey, we're going to Texas heat wave. It's like, you're more than welcome to hang out with us. Awesome. I was kind of like, oh my, wow. And that was the trendsetter cool. days, right? Yes. So he had his Ranger, uh, believe he, I don't remember if he had it, hydraulics all the way around or if it's just on the front i'm not i'm not sh- sure on that but ended up uh 
going up and uh, hanging out with them for the night, and I went to the show Saturday and ended up driving back to Houston Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, that's when I, I first met a few of those guys and just realized it's like I'm, I'm not even the same caliber as these guys. These guys are, like, just above and beyond, head and shoulders, like everything else. The the trend center trucks that were there was like uh, Shane Barnes white extra cab uh, Mazda that had like the PHAs on the bottom and the graphics going through it. Then, yes. Um, there was a black Nissan that it was kind of like a weird scallop almost, but then it, it there was like kind of like overlapping a, a green and pink grid. Mm-hmm. Then there was Lonnie's truck, Todd's uh, radar's truck. Um, then there was another guy, uh, Chris Gilbert, that had an 84 to 88 black extra cab with a shell that was just unbelievably clean, um, was on hydraulics, and had like this lightning shooting down the sides of it from the, the back of the camper shell. And up to the front was just, I thought it was just one of the coolest trucks, and I still think to this day it's like one of those ones that's just, just badass from that era. Yeah, isn't it crazy how you can recall that stuff? You know, it's yeah. like it, was, it feels like you know you're like, yeah, I was there, man. I know it. You know, I, I saw it. So, but, uh, so you know, having experience because you know Texas, like you said, growing up there, like to me, Texas is is in many ways an extension of California, and it's you know it was ironic because you know radar ends up doing the West Coast influence. I would encourage people if you haven't had a chance, go out and you know pick up a copy of it at minitruckfilm.com. But, like, you know, California had their stuff going on. Texas was doing it big with, you know, just these clean minis and trendsetter and stuff like that. So, like, outside of, of Texas Heat Wave, were there any other things you could think of? Or do you – because I keep thinking, like, in 94, that that show was in Parker, Arizona. So, like, were you – did you feel like, like when somebody goes, hey, we're going to go to Parker, Arizona, was it like, oh, yeah, no big deal? Or were you like, damn, that's a long ways to go for a show? I had no idea. I mean, because Jindro literally like finished body dropping. Uh, he he did a bunch of body work and paint on the bed, uh, blended it all. The truck looked beautiful. Uh, he drove it literally around the block ah. to see if it was okay, <laughs> and kind of turned the keys over to me and said, "Hey, we're going to a show," and we left. Jeez, midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Someone I forgot when it was. We left. We hit the road. And I just remember driving through the night and getting there, setting up, and just being, I had already uh, attended Rezo, so I kind of had an idea of okay. what to expect, but Spring Splash was a whole other animal. It's it's, <laughs> it's kind of like having your, your small block Chevy, then all of a sudden you're doing compound turbos and nitrous injection to spin the turbos up faster. <laughs> I mean, it was just like... It's like we're gonna like in uh, Spinal Tap when they say they're we're taking it to eleven, they it, they went past eleven. I mean, I was just just flabbergasted. I yes, mean, you, d- you know how to paint a picture. That's for sure. <laughs> I love it. So, it, and just to be clear, when you're talking about the body drop, the, so the truck, the Mitsubishi that you had traded in, you had you know you you end up with this Toyota, right? Real clean Toyota. Yes. That yes. was the truck you guys drove. So he did the work, and then you know because I remember seeing the show coverage. That was the truck you took there. Yes. Yep. And that was the uh, days way before anybody was trailering, right? I mean, it's like right. you get in and ride it. That was that was. I'm I'm and I'm still one of those people today. Uh, the only reason a truck should be on the trailer is is if it's broken. Right. Right. Or or you just bought it because then you really just don't know and you're just taking it home or 
wherever it is, across across cross town, across country, whatever. But yeah, I'm a, a firm believer of you want a truck, you should be driving it. Yeah, and I remember the photo that because I had shared it one time. Um, you know, we tagged La Paz County Park, but like the Toyota was so clean, especially with those Boyd wheels, those those tri fans as they're often referred to as. They're they're so iconic, and to me, like when you when I see that wheel on a Toyota truck like this, you know whether it was you know a, a newer school build or whatever. Like I don't know what it is. It just brings me right back to like boom, you know, early to mid nineties, man. It just was perfect. I was looking for a wheel that I knew that I could get the right offset. I meant trying to basically tell the the uh, the wheel distributors like, hey, all right, I need this wheel and this offset. Basically, it's going to be like for a car, but it's going on a truck. And they're like, it's not going to work. <laughs> I, I I know I know on paper that's what it's telling you, but in real life, it's like this is going to work. I'm this it. is what I need. Yeah. And they're like, no, I, 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 that was one of my biggest things was trying to say, Hey, this is what I need. And this, this is what I'm going to do. And it's going to work. Don't worry about it. Just sell me the wheel. Just don't worry about it. And just, just basically like pulling your hair out with some of these people just cause like, they're just saying, Nope, not going to work. And then yeah, it's like, it's not on the computer, you know, if they had exactly. at that point. So, so you go to the show. So let's talk a little bit about, um, for those that don't know, like Spring Splash was like, like you said, you know, you painted the picture. It was this massive event, La Paz County Park, Arizona. And like how, like, do you think back, you know, the people that went to Woodstock and then they went to Woodstock in the 90s and you know, that was like hellacious. Like, do you feel like like you went there for that three, four day run and just had a fucking time of your life? It was, it was a blur. I meant, <laughs> it was like the longest, shortest time you could, could imagine. It was like, it was a party you didn't want to end. I mean, you wanted to basically wanted to go longer, but you know, you can't cause it's, you've got to go back to reality. <laughs> right. You got to get off this crazy Island. Um, it's, um, it was, uh, controlled chaos. I mean, it was Disneyland for 18 and over. <laughs> yeah. Um, it reminds me of a couple years ago. There's been a couple documentaries about action park, which was that like wild, crazy water park up in New Jersey? And they're like people yes. were getting hurt and stuff. And they're like, "We loved it, man. We couldn't get enough." <laughs> exactly. And it's just like I, I love that time, but I, I want to say, thank God, social media wasn't around then, <laughs> right? Because I'm sure some of us was, would probably still be doing jail time, right? Right. Just Statue of limitations, maybe, maybe exactly. Yep. And it's just like this. I. Like my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's into uh, the truck scene now, and she she goes to shows, and I was like, "This is tame. I mean, this is like <laughs> watered down. This is the the uh, zero alcohol, like uh, non alcoholic beer." Right, right. Oh, duels. So, yeah. like, do you remember? Like, was it was it like you know? I'm thinking because if we look at the July. 94 cover right so that was you know it was shot at at, at the show that we're talking about do, do you remember like how like all so all the everybody's partying and stuff like how does courtney even like start to pull everybody together because like, hey guys we're gonna take a group photo and it's gonna go in the magazine and everyone was like oh cool he was going around and he was kind of like he scouting. had yeah he was scouting he wanted he had this mindset of what he wanted where because he 
it already shot a number of covers. So basically, he's like, all right, I've got this eight and a half, eleven by eleven uh, portrait that frame that I need to. I want to put all this inside of this. Yep. This yep. frame. So how can I do it to basically to show this is a party? I mean, these are friends hanging out. These are like some of the best show trucks on the West Coast. Yep. Just the interaction with, uh, with everybody. I mean, no, everyone's smiling. Everyone's having a good time. The the party atmosphere basically is kind of like, he's almost like he's, he works for an ad agency and he's trying to basically sell this idea. Yes. To the rest of the world. It's like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Oh yeah. And with, and it started like Saturday afternoon and he had vehicles lining up Oh wow! basically throughout the day he said, Hey, I'm going to do this, this group photo was like, do you want to do this? And handpicking vehicles and placing them in this, this set you could say. And it was like standing back and watching it kind of like come all together. But he shot the photo from uh, from the back of a four by four. Um, that was going to be my next question. Like I always assume that because I'm thinking he didn't. Have, it doesn't have a ladder there, and this is way before yeah. drones. But so that makes sense. There is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the photo, but there are two trucks nose to nose. One of them is Chris Anders' purple Mazda, and another one was a Chevy uh, OBS four by four that was like lifted on 44s that was similar and purple, but it had like some, some weird, like tribal scallops on it, like in yellow and orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a photo going around, um, of those two, uh, nose to nose. Well, that truck was basically back then. And that's where Courtney shot the photo from. Oh, I see what was, you're saying. Was the bed of that truck. So basically he's looking down and it's kind of like, Picture yourself like uh, like a Chihuahua versus a Great Dane. It's like you only see a certain much as a Chihuahua, but the Great Dane is like he's able to look down and see like everything. So it's like not seeing like how stuff was laid out, uh, how the vehicles were placed. Uh, he purposely had vehicles positioned certain ways, and like the guys that had hydraulics, he had them like either pitched uh, pitched their truck a certain way or lifted up or lowered or however it was. I don't remember exactly on the cover how they were, but he had, there was a, a purple one and a gold one. Got it. And he had them in the middle of it all. Basically saying there was unity in the sport trucks and the, I guess you can almost say the Euro, Euro style trucks mm-hmm. with the, the tucking wheels and, and laid out. And he just, he brought it all together. I mean, seeing the cover after it, because shot the cover that that afternoon and that was basically it kind of like like all right thank you and everyone went about their way party for the rest of the night yep and then seeing the cover a couple couple months later yeah because it was kind of quick turnaround yeah yeah and you're just kind of like holy crap i mean this is this is nuts i meant and like some of the people i I still talk to today i mean there's yeah like troy hamilton for instance like he's over on the right with that with the blue truck kind of got his hand up and stuff like that and then there was k daddy and you know as you know k daddy's truck on the left over kind of by where you're standing that truck didn't really get to go to a lot of shows because of the unfortunate accident right um and my truck was actually supposed to be somewhere in the group shot 
but the truck was body yes it was body drop but it had air shocks on the front so we were really limited on how much the truck would pick up mm-hmm. so Jindro, uh he undid the torsion bars a little bit basically to get the truck to lay out the way it should for the show and trying to get over to where we let the torsion bars the way they were but trying to get over to the show it was basically just dragon balance and was kicking up so much stuff courtney was like whoa stop no we can't we, we were limited on time. We can't have everyone like that having to clean their trucks because all the dust you're going to kick up. And yeah. it's like, so basically it got set off on the side. He's like, but he's like, I want you talking to the girl in Chris's truck. Oh, I'm like, oh, cool. that's cool. I can do that. So that's, that's how I got to sneak onto the cover. Yeah, that's cool. And a lot of people, we kind of got a chance to talk about it a little bit with Rob Rodell because technically Lomigo's back there and the, the other version it was, you know, before the actual Lomigo. But it is yeah. crazy when you think about, like, even Chris Kudo, you know, shout out to Chris uh, from Down the Earth. Like, there are so many people, and we haven't even been, you know, we've never been able to track down every person, but the few times we posted it, I mean, it's crazy to think how many people we've tagged, and a lot of us are still involved in it. You know, we love what we're doing. Well, it's like, that's where I, I met Rob was that weekend. Ah, uh, right. Um, okay. He had he had his amigo and his best friend, Dave Schilling, had, uh, at the time, it was the purple primer Nissan extra cap hard body, which uh, turned around and was, ended up painting orange and was featured in mini trucking. Uh, if you oh. remember, there was a period of time where there was an orange yeah, body drop that was on the, the subscription cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's the same truck. Ah, uh, okay. Very so, cool. yeah, those guys drove out. Um, I met them and thought it was, like, super cool that I there were fellow Texans there. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was the crazy thing. Because, like I said, I mean, with you growing up there in Texas and then having the chance to go to California, it was it was crazy how many people merged from Cali and Texas and met, you know, in Arizona. Uh, yes. You know, for that show. Now – Besides that photo, like, what would you say if somebody were to ask you, Charles, like, what was the most memorable thing from that weekend? You know, maybe be, besides that whole group photo thing. Oh, <laughs> trick um, question, <laughs> man. Uh, man, that's that's a good question. Just I hanging mean, out with everyone, maybe. It was seeing so many trucks for the first time. The white there was a white regular cab short bed Mazda from las vegas okay uh it had billet wheels on it it was featured in mini trucking but it had like uh pastel like aqua and coral colors graphics on it um that was probably one of my favorite mazdas that's awesome and seeing that truck in person like i saw the feature then seeing the truck was like holy crap he's here very cool and uh uh sal nepali's uh Roaster Toyota when it was yeah. in the uh, the blue and salmon, yep. I guess. Yep, yep. Seeing that truck in person was just like, and I already knew the history of the truck. That it was like it was that it was either shot that weekend or it was it was already shot or I forgot. What, but around that time frame, he got shot at for the cover again, and knowing that was his what his third or fourth cover in a. Yeah, it's truck. like end up having four covers with one truck. It's like it, all different versions. It's just like wow. Yeah. And yeah, those are two that two that really stood out for me were the, the ones from Las Vegas. Oh yeah. Now, 
talk to us a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned Gendro earlier, and I know, I think on the back of your Toyota, it said, like, in pinstriping, Chop Shop, right? Yes. Uh, I know you probably got some good stories there, but, you know, I know we're jumping a little bit from, like, okay, that show, but, like, did you did you feel like having, you know, been introduced to Gendro and stuff, like, did you kind of form a relationship there, and, you like, you guys were all hanging out, or, you know, did you only see Gendro when you went by the shop? Yeah, um, I... Some, seeing what Brian was doing and capable of doing, I meant it was like that was something I wanted to be part of. It's like I'm sure Brian would. Tell, I'm I'm going to be straight up honest with it. I was annoying. I bothered Brian. I mean, I <laughs> crap out of him. He probably he'll he'll tell you it's like yeah he he bothered the crap out of me. He was annoying. And because you just I, had questions, Brian, you were curious. Yeah, Brian, if you're listening, I, I apologize for the way I was then. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I just, I just wanted to basically immerse myself in it. I meant being in the Navy year, that was your job. I mean, it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So basically once I was able to get off the ship, it's like, I wanted to be around what wasn't military. Yep. Yep. And at that time it was my truck. That's all I had. I yep. meant, uh, there was no girlfriend, no, none of that stuff. So it was just me and my truck. And, yeah, every chance I could, and yeah, I was I was bothersome. I was I mean, I was literally to the point where it was he was <laughs> extremely annoyed with me. Oh wow! And okay, I, yeah, I, you're being I, serious, yeah, I know he was. was. Yeah, well, well and, and I think uh, and and I you know I've talked to other mini truckers like over the years, like they really love a certain truck, and you know they're like, man, I have so many questions, and I have a million photos of it and stuff, you know, and people. It, you know, people gravitate to what they like. You know, I, I like hip hop a lot, so I research things. I go down these rabbit holes, and I kind of want to learn everything about this artist or album. You know, no different than someone that might be an Eagles fan or you know whatever, right? But right. Um, it's you know, I, I can understand that. I mean, I can. Now, now, talk to me about this. Like, so talking about Genro with Toxic Toy, when we had Genro on recently, we talked about, of course, it was the first NC truck on the cover of Mini Trucking, but it was also which I, I need to go back and share sometime. It was on Auto Sound and Security. Were you yes. were you there that day of that of the Auto Sound and Security shoot? Yes. Um, Jindro asked me if I wanted to tag along for the day, okay. and uh, our ship was in port. And I basically I asked requested the day off. I got the day off, and he's like, "Meet me in my house. We're gonna go up to um, I think it was in Irvine." But I want to say it was like the Hilton or something like that. They see it was a, a really nice building. They had like kind of a horseshoe drive. And uh, the editor at the time, Rob McPherson, he wanted to basically shoot the truck there. So Brian's wife was working that day. And I, that's why I guess he asked me to, to tag along. And we're going up Interstate 5 and we're about a third of the way there and we're in the right lane just cruising along and there was a, a dip in the freeway truck hits this dip and in the military i, I mean i wasn't a, a big person and i was fairly skinny and i basically my body compresses into the seat and next thing i know i broke like one or two of the springs in his seat oh shit the big seat so basically, I had one of these roundy coil things poking me in the ass, <laughs> going to five, and I'm like trying to like, like position myself where this this like actually coming through the the upholstery, and 
I'm like, this like rope, <laughs> and he's like, "What the f you do?" And I'm like, "I'm sitting here. I didn't do anything." It's like, he's like, "You broke my f and C." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" It's like it's not like I meant to. Right. And he's like, "Sound like like crap." He's like frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like we're going going to this this um this shoot, and I'm just like, kind of like. Almost like we want to laugh about it, but it's kind of like like crap. Like one, just one of those things. He's just having an older vehicle. It's just again, it's one of those. Um, actually, that makes me think about another time riding with Gender of the I five. We can touch on that. But yeah, we get to the shoot and we pull up. Uh, we meet Rob and say, "All right, uh, we're gonna basically shoot it here." He's like, "He's got the model." She comes out. And uh, it's kind of like, all right, all right, cool. And they do start. Rob's like, excuse me for a second. I need to go make sure everything's okay. So Rob like goes in, comes back out, and we start setting up. And he's doing the photos with her. And the next thing you know, it's like someone comes. I was like, what are you guys doing? It's like, a, it's like, it's like you can't be doing this. It's like you don't have permission to be here. Oh wow, it was one of those things. I was like, oh, crap, here we go. And Rob kind of like stepped out. He talked to the guy real quick. And he's like, hey, give me like five minutes. I, I, I got like two frames. I got to shoot just to set it. It was like, by the time you, you get inside, back to your office, like, we'll be gone. Yeah, and it was in front of that fountain where they shot it. Yes. And so basically, he, Rob, like, uh, sweet so talks to the guy. The guy like goes off. We go back to finishing what we're doing. And uh, then uh, get it shot. And it was kind of crazy. It's like, it was another cover. It's like, well, it's like, I wasn't on the cover, but I was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, it's kind of the same, like the 94 exactly. group photo, boom, you're there, you're there. Yeah. And this one's yeah. kind of cool. Now, one thing the feature doesn't mention, cause back in the day, like they didn't always mention the model's name. The, the model wasn't the, I don't think it was the, the Linda that had gotten, that, that had gotten killed. I don't think oh, it was her. Linda Sobeck. Right. Was it Linda Sobeck? Do you remember? No, it wasn't her. Okay. Yeah. Linda. So yeah. And rest in peace, Linda Sobeck. You know, she was on several covers and a couple that I didn't even realize, like whenever I posted it, I was like, Oh snap, you know, so people were always looking yeah. out so th they know who they are. I appreciate that. But she had, um, I think she was killed in November 95. So I, I just, yeah, when looking back at that, because I have this, the feature saved on my computer, and I was looking back at it, and I was like, I wonder if that was Linda. Oh, uh, I was talking, who was it? I, I don't remember who it was, but someone, a photographer I know, he was actually the last one to photograph her really? uh, for an automotive cover. And I, I'm, I'm probably wrong on this, but I almost want to say it was Wes Allison. Really? Yeah, it may have been. Um, and, but, and for those that don't know, if you if you ever Google, um, you know, some of the maybe the guys that aren't as old school or maybe West Coast, Linda, just how it sounds with an I, and then Sobek S O B E K, she was a, uh, you know, a real pretty kind of model uh, cheerleader. And you know there was a guy that was a crazy guy that was like you know stalking her and and, and yeah it was a it was a photographer that actually uh, he did something with her and just basically like Charles uh, Rathburn yeah you're right he was a photographer but yeah I became obsessed with her and uh, yeah I watched the story on it because I 
uh, I'm actually uh, friends with Wes Allison through um, High Rod Magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he just shot like the 75th anniversary or something. He got the yes. cover, I think. Yeah, I, I've helped uh, Wes on a, a couple of cover shoots for Hot Rod. So Very cool. That's a, a whole, whole other thing. But yeah, I've known Wes for quite a few years now. Uh, I would say at least 15 years. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to point out, the the feature with Gendro's, uh, the Hilux, the auto sound and security, which um, for those that didn't know, it was May 94, it had like the infinity maybe wheels or something it had like a stock wheel it looked like more of a polished yeah. wheel versus yeah. what it had on mini truck and it had more of the kind of boyd style wheel yes the those were actually progressive tri fans Pro- that he had on it yep yep he when he had my truck he was he had the wheels off and he during during the body drop and he tried them on his truck just to see like what they look like and how how they tucked and all that and i actually had those when i bought those was i had those the center bore of those machined uh-huh. so they would, they fit over toyota hubs and he tried them on is like he's like i gotta have these wheels and it's like we worked a deal out and uh and seeing them on his truck uh they they look so much better on his truck than my truck yeah yeah so yeah you were like natural you know make a deal on that and go on yeah and the, the tri fans were fairly easy to get at the time. I meant like go back to saying, "Hey, this is what I want." But I meant once got to that phone call, basically, it, I was able to score them pretty uh, pretty quickly. Oh yeah. Okay. So talking about other trucks, so I want to make sure we get this in and value your time. Tom McMurdo, that name to me yes. is synonymous with the yellow mazda on the cover and then it was chris anders sister someone had you know given us that intel at one point right she was on the cover i think that was tom's truck the september 95 cover um do you remember riding in that truck (laughs) (laughs) we were at the chop shop uh this was oh geez i forgot what, what year this was uh it was after after the cover shoot tom got sponsored by sprint bed covers okay and he said, um, I got to go up to Orange County where Sprint was. I think it was Santa Fe Springs, I think, w- where they were at. And he's like, I'm getting a bed cover for my truck. Damn. He's like, he's like, you want to ride along? I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, he's like, it's, there's no tech article. Basically, we're just going up there. They're putting it on. That's it kind of thing. All right, cool. So, and Sean Dell uh, was, when he was uh, the helper, at uh, the chop shop, mm-hmm. he wanted to go along too. So it was Tom, Sean, and myself in a standard cab Mazda. And luckily, we were all wow. skinny at the time. <laughs> right, the good old days. Yeah, and it was still tight in there. So we were all up to five, go to uh, Sprint, no big deal, get the bed cover on, in and out like in an hour. We start rolling down the five, and by the time it's like, Later in the afternoon, I was probably say three or four, and traffic, something happened on the five. Traffic was just backed up. Traffic's not bad in California, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And we're in Anaheim, and there's a, a sign that says Disneyland, this exit. Tom looks over, he's like, you guys want to go to Disneyland? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, why do we, it's like, it's like, Sean's like, oh, yeah, I'll go. 
And I'm like, well, I guess majority wins. I guess we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> so this was before California Adventure had been built. So that whole area was just a parking lot. Uh-huh. So we, we drive in and a lot of people are like already, already leaving for the day. I mean, uh, Disneyland was crowded, but not like how it is like today. I mean, sure. it wasn't just elbow to elbow. So we roll in and we're going through this drive, like basically right by the front gates. And there were two tour buses bumper to bumper. And all these Japanese tourists were coming out of uh, Disneyland all at the same time. Oh, shit. To get on the bus. Tom looks over and he's just like, I'm going to show these people what's up. <laughs> Lays the truck out and like five miles an hour of that just drags on probably 60, 70 people. And it was like Oscar time. I mean, all you saw was cameras and camera flashes just going off like. Ah. Like, it's like we're rolling up to a war ceremony and all the paparazzi's there to take our picture. Just, it was just like, like, what? Interesting. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, like in the typical movies and TV shows where Seinfeld has done it before, where like they're, they, they have their cameras like click, 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 click. Exactly. And it was just like, we're just laughing hysterically, like, because it was the whole late 80s, early 90s stereotypical stereotypical thing with like Asian people and cameras. I mean, it's right, like take a picture right. of everything kind of thing. And that, <laughs> that's exactly how it was. Dude, it was ima- like, imagine that those photos are somewhere in somebody's like a shoebox, you know? <laughs> exactly. And we were just laughing hysterical. Oh my God. That's funny. And there just happened to be a parking spot, like right, like right after we did it. Yeah. And he pulls in, parks it. We get, we, we they roll up, we roll out. And they're looking at like these guys are all like five ten, five eleven, six foot, and they get out of this little tiny truck, and they're just kind of like, "What?" So they're like, still pictures are still going on. Some of them had stepped off and like taking pictures of the truck, and I'm just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like didn't even look back. I just kind of like, "Let's just get inside and just be done with it," kind of thing. So right, it's like, right. Yeah, but, yeah, no, that's cool. And that, you know, and again, you know, you think about all these trucks and, you know, being around Gendro and Mike Peters and some of these, you know, OG old school guys, you know, you got to think back. I mean, like you, it's been cool to talk about all this stuff because, you know, the trucks that many of us look up to or go, man, I remember when it was on the cover or man, that was my favorite truck or, you know, Gendro having the first NC uh, cover for mini trucking and then boom, auto sound and security, right? Like, you know, you, yes. you kind of have a closer connection to a lot of this stuff than the average mini trucker, right? So, I mean, that's, it's been cool to share those stories. Do you have any other like recollections of riding in the Mazda or any other things? Like, I mean, it had to have been cool knowing that it was on the cover September 95. It was thinking about like kind of some, this, some of the, the craziness is like, it's almost like forced dump. It's just, right. it was, being at the right place at the right time and able to see so many things, meet so many people, and be part of something that you don't think is that big, but you look back 20, 25 years later thinking it's like, this was a pretty incredible time. Yeah, you were I mean, like, you were in the mix of, of all of it. Yeah. I mean, just odd things like, when Jindo talked about his Astrovan, that's another thing that, that come to mind. 
uh, that he got from Pat Nickel. That it was the yes. uh, the the AT and T phone band. And <laughs> he started doing things to it, and there was a week, and it's like got a call from it was either Mike or Brian and said, "Hey, we're going to go to Truck Jam." It's like you want to go. I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go up." So Ginger's got the van. He's going to basically show Pat like, "Hey, this is what I've done with the van already," and uh, shaved out and uh, had a rag top in it. So he's, we're taking the van. So it was Brian, his wife. They were sitting. Brian's driving. Uh, his wife's in passenger seat. Then there was me and Mike. We're in the back. Well, this was a cargo van. So there was, it didn't come with seats. Well, Brian in his infinite wisdom bought bean bags. <laughs> so me and Mike are sitting in bean bags in the back of this Astro van, rolling up the five, and he just kind of mellows out for a second. Then all of a sudden, he literally like springs out of the bean bag and is like jumping up and down in the van while we're going out the five. So basically, People are like freaking out because they see like this head and shoulders coming out of the top of this van. <laughs> the van's like just bouncing up and down. Nicole or Brian's wife is freaking out. Brian's freaking out. And I'm just like, I'm laughing hysterical. It's like, this is like the funniest thing I've ever seen because just Mike's just like, like he's on a pogo stick. Just we're young and being stupid i guess just yeah. silly but it was it, before it, the jackass days and the craziest yeah. and like you said earlier the other important thing was there was no social media right i mean it would have been cool to have camera phones maybe some video but you were almost what we often refer to as living in the moment you know you have exactly. the memories but you know you weren't like hold on hold on hold on let me get my gopro okay yeah now let's do it you know like you were just living in the moment right so dude that's freaking awesome man now Something else that I that I had I put two and two together, you know, looking back, you know, get kind of ready for to, to chat with you. When I had posted photos of the Bob Grant creation years ago, uh, it was Turkey Drag, and then I recently reshared. I was trying to just show them some love. Their show's coming up, or it just recently passed by the time this airs. But uh, Street Source, I put two and two together. So back in the day, it, uh, some of the photos that were tagged, you know, for Street Source, the photographer. Uh, was Booger, but a couple of extra uh, O's. That yeah, was you, was, right? Yes, I, I actually pronounced it Bougar. Bougar. Uh, kind of like, I guess, the French version, I guess you could say, or something like that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, cool. I just kind of say I dabbled in photography. I still do. You'll see, like, if you look through, like, past tech articles, you will you may see my name in, like, mini truckings, uh, street trucks, trucking. Yep. Um, or Courtney said, hey, um, like Rodell's like um, he was doing a four link on like Dave Schilling's Nissan. He's like, I need you to go up there and take some, some pictures. Got Done. It. Um, it's like when Rob is uh, when he moves the shop to South of Houston, it's like Rob's doing this for uh, it's like I need I didn't get like finished photos of this. Can you get the, get these photos for me? So I did a lot of and it may have only been like one or two frames, but it was like it, it helped Courtney finish the story for a tech article or something like that, or a shooting show coverage. There was one year heat wave. He, he overdid it one year and this was like on a Sunday and I think he was dealing with heat exhaustion and he hands me his camera and he's and a couple rolls of foam. He's like, go shoot show coverage for me. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you were so, there to, to, to help out any way you could. Yeah. Uh, sp- speaking of that, Courtney, 
you know, we we recently had uh, Steve on, and you know, we t- he talked about meeting Courtney and stuff, and you mentioned Courtney throughout this interview, and you know, even Alan Paradise, some of these original OG guys. But what's what's one of your memorable Courtney stories? Maybe just one that comes to mind that maybe you've told in the past, maybe you haven't. But is there any one that comes to mind that just brings a smile to your face when you think about it? Other than maybe getting a chance to shoot show coverage or, or something like that. West Coast Nationals when it was in at the Paris County Fairgrounds in yeah, okay. California. Courtney was, I think he was just there for the day shooting the show. And I was just, I was being weird that weekend. I don't know what's, I, um, normally like when you, you go to a, a like a three day run, you're going to take like stuff for like snacks and sandwiches or, or whatever. If you're actually going to do that. Yep. Setting up for the weekend. I took a 12 pack of Dr. Pepper and a box of cookie crisp cereal. That's all I took. <laughs> the mini trucker die. <laughs> and I'm walking around just basically like hand feeding myself, like out of this, this box, box of cookie crisp. And Courtney was shooting something and he had to do this double take. Like he, he stops, he looks because he sees me out of the corner of his eye. He goes back to like shoot another friend. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, you're eating cookie crisp. Yeah. <laughs> Dry. Yeah. Right out of the box. Yeah. And he goes, I, he's like, I, I, I just don't know. <laughs> and he just kind of like, just completely like fiberglass. Like I just completely caught him off guard. Cause normally he was, he was on his toes. He was like, he expected like anything. And it's just, that was one of my things I enjoyed was basically just like, what is kind of like, what kind of shock value can I, right. Right. Can I give him just to basically just make him go like, what the dude is like, why? Just- <laughs> yeah. You know, just have some fun, but at the same time, have your friends scratching the head going, the hell is this guy and, doing? Well, like my, my favorite three day run yeah, California, the, the river runs were, were great, but I think the most fun I had was the Midnight Fantasies shows in Lake Charles. Oh, I went to that one year and it rained like crazy, but man, you made it out there even, huh? Yeah. Mike, to touch on something real quick, I had my Toyota, I forgot how many states I had taken it to, but I had shown that truck in seven different states. Uh-huh. So it was California, Arizona, Texas, Wisconsin, Missouri, Louisiana, Indiana, just all over, just going to different shows, just meeting new people. I mean, that's what it was, what it was all about. I mean, it was, you seeing like different trucks and magazines and able to go to like Indy truck bash or, uh, I didn't, I personally didn't go, but my truck went to booger bash one year. Damn. Look at you. There was a, a big hot rod show in Wisconsin that I, I took my truck to. It was just like, it was, I just wanted to be part of all of it, I think is what it was. But yeah, uh, Lake, Midnight Fantasy Show uh, in Lake Charles was the most fun. It was the Texas guys and Louisiana guys and Mississippi. It's just We just converged for the weekend, and it was just kind of like, no holes barred. I mean, it was. That's we had cool. a casino, casino riverboats right there. The show was right there, so it's like walking distance between the show and the casino. The, 
Oh, crap. Now you got me thinking about the. F- okay, the first one I went to, uh, Courtney had Chris Schmidt fly down to cover the show. Okay. For, for mini trucking. Chris Schmidt from, from New York, he'd never been to that part of the country, had no idea like what to expect. I meant hearing people talk with like Cajun accents, basically kind of like, he's like, what? Like, you people talk weird. <laughs> okay, right, right. They do. <laughs> We were staying at a place called Inn on the Bayou, and basically it was an inn on the bayou. Gotcha. And there was parking lots on both sides. This basically was, it was like, the hotel was I-shaped, and it was like three or four floors. And each side of the building were parking lots. So basically it was like car and trucks, cars and trucks, both sides. The place was filled up. And I was with a group and we're talking on one side of the parking lot. And next thing you know, Chris Schmidt is hauling ass. And there was like a breezeway in between the parking lots. He comes running through and he's like bent over, like got his hands on his knees, just trying to catch his breath. And he's like in the parking lot. I'm like, yeah, he's like in the parking lot. I'm like, what? There's an alligator in the parking lot. <laughs> Or like, it was a real one. Yeah, there was an actual because the the gator had come out of the bayou and had come up into the parking lot. Dude, see Chad, our friend Chad Luke, and see Louisiana man Chad. You gotta you gotta get you a real gator, you know, a gator to go with the truck, man. Have it chained up there, dangerous waters. <laughs> they uh, our friends at Hammered Weekend Wear did a cool graphic with it. It has it has an alligator in, it, so I had to mention that. <laughs> yeah, Chris, I'm in upstate New York. I meant this. He had never experienced anything, anything like that before, and he was just like scared out of his wits. Is like it's it's gonna chase me down. I think it's gonna like something out of uh, some sci-fi horror movie that's automatically gonna attack and kill. Yep. And like some of us were like, we're, we're like trying to run to the other side to see it in the parking lot to actually see it. Right. It's like. Kind of like storm chases, like running into the tornado. It was like not not a uh, <laughs> not much common sense, I guess, going on there. Yeah, if but, people uh, want to see a funny video, go on YouTube and type in Bob Barker alligator. There was a guy a few years ago, and as soon as I saw it, I go, "That looks like Bob Barker." Of course, it's not him, but he has the white hair and he looks just like him. And they're having like a family reunion, and there's some like alligator down in this like little ditch area, and. This old guy, man, he's got to be in his seventies. He goes, you know, I'm thinking he walks over to it like he's gonna, like I'm thinking, what the, what are you gonna do? So he goes and he throws something over its head, and he puts his leg over like he's gonna, you know, mount up on this horse, and he kind of starts crouching down, and this thing does what it normally does. It just starts swinging its head. It grabs onto his fucking arm, and listen, one lady's like, oh my god, I'm thinking, what am I I'm thinking? Like, dude, you've got no ropes, you've got no tape. <laughs> You've got nothing with you. Like, what are you going to do? Ride this thing around the yard? Like, it's going to kill you. And luckily, like, I mean, it bit into his ass pretty good. It was like, get the hell away. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I don't know, man. But but it is, uh, alligators always been intriguing to me living in Florida. But recently on Netflix, my wife and I, we watched this croc show. There's, there's a guy down there that's had a Nat Geo show. And uh, it's crocodile stuff. And they catch them. And I don't think they can kill them down there. They, they relocate them. And yeah. uh, it's 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 really it's always been interesting. Like I can't believe how well trained uh, people that are well trained how easily they can capture a crocodile and tape up the mouth and then move it. I'm like, dude, that is just insane to me. Yeah, so, that's that's a little 
uh, <laughs> a little too much for me. It's like I, I'll I'll get close to him, but it's like I I kind of like like no limit. I I know they can they can scoot along pretty quick. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, they can scoot along pretty quick. The last thing I was going to ask you, unless the, then I was going to see if you had anything else you wanted to share. Lonnie had posted about a gentleman, and and we covered on a recent episode. We had covered this this gentleman, Shannon Buzak, I believe is how you pronounce it. I may have pronounced it incorrectly. He had pa- yeah. okay Buzak. He he had passed away, and I believe like you you kind of had a connection to because I think one of those photos, your Toyota was was in those photos that Lonnie had posted. Yeah, uh, I had never seen those photos of my my truck before. Uh, I I guess Lonnie is the one that took them since he's the one that posted them. But I know because uh, looking at some of the people in the backgrounds, uh, he was uh, the company he worked for. Uh, there was a guy uh, Bobby and Jeff, and that was a really tight crew with the, with those guys. So they worked together Monday through Friday. But yeah, they also spent their weekends together as well doing uh, uh, automotive stuff. Jeff and Bobby both had lower trucks at the time as well. And Shannon was a phenomenal body guy. I mean, you wanted something like you want to have your door handle shaved or antenna shaved or just something. It was like he was your go-to guy. I mean, he was. this was like no, like, drop it off. And, like, hopefully, like, three months later, it's like it's done and not screwed up. I mean, this guy, he would knock it out in a day. I mean, some of the stuff, uh, he did the door handles on my truck. He did the antenna hole on my truck. He did the white of the cowl on the truck. He did, like, all of the uh, uh, radar space cap. I mean, uh, he put that all in one color, uh, uh, primed. Uh, did Lonnie's Ranger when Lonnie decided to shave and mold everything. Uh, they actually lived in the same neighborhood. They were uh, opposite ends of the neighborhood, but uh, it was pretty much on the same street. And... It's kind of bothering me now that, that he's gone. I, I last saw Shannon uh, a number of years ago at Lone Star Roundup, which uh, is in uh, Hot, Rod show, yep. Hot Rod Show in Austin. And he had a, a Pro Street Ford Falcon, <laughs> which um, I thought was kind of odd. But Shannon was, um, I wouldn't say eccentric. He was, and I don't want to use the word quirky either, but I meant he was someone that uh, didn't BS around. He, he got, got the job done and you knew you could count on him to basically get it done, get it done quickly. And it would be right. You didn't have to worry about stuff breaking out or cracking on you or something yeah. like that. Yep. His, his work was uh, phenomenal and he did it out of his driveway. He was a body guy at a body shop Monday through Friday but he loved cars. I mean, he loved doing that stuff on the weekends as well. So you would see him like on one week and say, Hey, I want to do this. And he's like, uh, I can do it next weekend or the weekend after. Yeah. He was like one of those guys. It was like, boom, you know, like some of them have the drive, just go boom, let's get it in out. And it, yeah. it probably helps keep money coming in revenue wise. But it's also like, there's some people that are kind of OCD and they're just like, you know what, man, like door handles, grill, this, that boom, boom, boom. Let's do it. You know? I think that's what it was. It was just he he liked the hustle. He liked making that uh, that side cash to, yep. to pay for for his cars as well. And he had some. He had a really cool uh, Volkswagen Bug that was pink with purple scallops that was pinstriped in white. And 
of those that know about Volkswagens, they have what they call Hawaii, Hawaiian trim, which was actually white and not black around the windows. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And he had his, it, it matched his bug. I mean, because he had the white pinstriping uh, around the scalp. So basically, it, it matched the window molding uh-huh. or the window trim, I should say. So that was like a really cool little touch. Gotcha. Um, he was big in Mustangs, loved his Mustangs, uh, Fox bodies, uh, and SVOs. Always had something quick and fast. Yeah, and, and may he rest in peace, man. I mean, and that's what, you know, we, we want to, I mean, you know how important it is to, to show respect to people, but I think, that, you know, there's sometimes there's the, what I'll refer to as the unsung heroes, you know, it's the people, it's kind of like, you know, you watch a football broadcast and you see the two announcers, right? And at the end, they kind of go, well, we want to thank the cast and crew, you know, all the guys behind the scene. They do a good job of thanking people. But, you know, there's all those people in the back, right? The video guys, the, the guys are, you know, setting up, breaking down, doing all that stuff. But there's also guys like, you know, what you're talking about, about this gentleman, you know, where, you know, in, in this case, Shannon, you know, he's he's kind of an unsung hero. He's he's out there. He's helping people with their projects. He's getting the stuff done so that he and she can make the shows and things like that. And, you know, I think it's a tremendous loss. And, you know, I appreciated Lonnie posting that because, again, I try to look at social media and not just scroll through and go, oh, yep, okay, RIP, you know, who's that? But, like, uh, try to understand, like, who was this guy? Like, a lot of people appreciated him, you know? So, you know, to his family and his friends, man, may he rest in peace. I think that may have been also an outlet for him because Monday through Friday, I mean, you're working on mom's soccer van. I mean, you get the the mundane thing of just working on basically bumpers on civics or or doors on four tarses or whatever at the time. And then on the weekends, basically you got, you got something cool in the driveway. You got some laid out mini truck or some, some badass hot rod that is the guy want to do something else or change something up. And, uh, knowing that you had a hand in it, Yep, yep. uh, that basically it's like, it makes your work. Like, um, what you do, like makes it all worthwhile. Exactly. That is, I, I, I'm in agreement. I mean, I think that's a good way to put it. You know, it it gives you a little bit of reprieve from the daily, just normal stuff, you know, fixing the bumpers, like you said, you know, and things like that. And, And they do. And I think the other cool thing is like when you do one particular piece of a trade, like my friend Jimmy at Jimmy's Running Customs, like it's tough. I think as a friend, you know, when I look at his business, cause it's like, he's taking apart brand new trucks He's having to build a whole frame. He's having to reassemble it. You know, he's having to, you know, take the stuff to the powder coater or have the powder coater pick it up and all that stuff. And then you have a guy, and again, this is no slide against, you know, guys that do one thing, but then you have like a painter that might just say, you know what, I don't, we have a guy that we know here. I think he kind of is like, look, I try not to paint um, full vehicles. And you would go, well, how do you do anything? Well, you know, I paint bicycle or I paint motorcycle frames and things like that. And it allows them to like hone in on one specific thing. But then when they get something custom, they don't mind necessarily going, yeah, that'll be cool. Let's bring it in. Let's shoot it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Cause it kind of gets them out of that normal, you know, like we said, the normal mundane stuff. Yeah. There's a, a custom painter that I, uh, you probably wish to remain uh, anonymous, but he did the custom stuff. I mean, he uh, got to the point where he was so burnt out on doing cars and trucks that he picked up doing motorcycles. And it's motorcycles is basically you 
they just drop off the parts. They're not painting a whole. I mean, they're not coming like riding in with a motorcycle and say, "Here, paint it." I mean, they're either bringing the frame, tank, if it's a bagger, like the bags on it, stuff like that. They're just bringing the parts, right? And so it's like he has very little customer interaction. Yep, yep. It's like he just wants to do it, and basically when they pick it up, it's like, "Is this right?" and gets paid, and that's it. Yep. It's not like, and he says stuff like that. He can knock out, knock out two or three bikes in a weekend, and do the same amount, get paid the same amount as like a car, but not have a car take up all the space yep. and all that, all the other material. So he's, he's actually making more money in the long run, and not having to deal with like a whole vehicle and having to blow apart and all that. Right, 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 right. Yep. Yeah, very cool. I appreciate you sharing a little bit there, but but I mean, honestly, I think, dude, Charles, like when we think back and like, do we? I mean we could easily do our own podcast like an episode every week. Cause I think, I think there's still some left on the chopping block, right. As far as stories and, and things I, like that. And I just, I just wonder like, is there anything else that you maybe want to share before we wrap it up? Oh, I've, I've been writing. We've, I know we've talked about doing this yeah, for quite some while. time. Yeah. And it's like, we've just, we've never been able to hit, hit it at the same time. And I have this piece of paper that I, I scribble stuff on that's something that just pops in my head. And I've been like lining through some of the stuff. But it's <laughs> like, I have a whole other page of stuff that is just like, again, we could, we could do a whole another one of these. Yeah. Like and it's, it's cool because, you know, people appreciate the stuff, you know, some, some are into it more than others. Some are casual, but, but to me to be able to, you know, sit back and meet someone like you a little bit through social media, but then get on the phone and talk about the stories and help bring, maybe some good memories back for other people too. You know, I think that's a big thing, but people really appreciate, you know, some of the things that we can tap into is the way I put it. You know, they, they may not know like, you know, a certain name or whatnot or a certain region of the country, especially like Southern California, the real SoCal, you know, where you kind of spend a lot of time, you know, that's in a different part of the world than some of the people, you know, on the East coast. Right. So, yeah, like I said, I appreciate it. the last thing. What what you do today for a living? Like you do you do you do photography type stuff? Is that is that what you do? Where you I think you have your hand in a bunch of different things. I've I've got so many hobbies and interests right now. Um, photography is uh, uh, I was doing it almost professionally at one point. It got to the point where I I I enjoyed it. I wanted to do it full time, but knowing that. I had two daughters to take care of uh, and make sure the lights are on, the heat's on, that stuff. It's like I had to do what was best for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of, that I wouldn't say I waned from it, but it was like kind of stepped away from it. I, I do want to get into it on a, another aspect of it. Yeah. I know there's the whole of course, the YouTube thing is I'm a YouTube, YouTube junkie. I spend way too much time on it. Uh, but I've got ideas of things I want to do after I get my truck back. Yep. Uh, my, my truck has uh, been at a, a, a custom shop for the past year. I oh, keep wow. yep. I keep adding things to it, of things I want I want done. And the, the guy building it just kind of like nods his head yes. He's like, okay. And we just kind of go from there. So living in Colorado now, it's like it's kind of pointless to have a truck. Uh, sitting so basically that's why it's getting more stuff done and i will have it back in the spring but yeah once it comes out i i have ideas of things i want to do being here in colorado it's like i i enjoy i i like it here but then i miss texas as well 
Yep. So nature is a big thing here and being outdoors. So uh, when you can be outside and take partake in part of it, then it's great. Uh, but yeah, my, my dog, uh, my job, I actually got a, a, a second job just to, to pay for the extra stuff I want to do on my truck just because yep. wintertime is like the field I'm in basically hours got cut back a little bit, but it's like things are taken care of, but it's like, I just want that little extra to yeah. Yeah, because believe me, it's a drug, and it's like, whether it's Lincoln parts I'm looking at, or air suspension stuff, or this or that, it's like, the stuff ain't cheap, you know, like the old days, like we've we've established, you know, it was like, it was a little bit easier, you know, now there's a lot of kind of eye candy, it's like, hey, well, AccuAir is cool, and this and that, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, to, to be able to have a little bit of extra income, believe me, I mean, it's it, it does help, yeah. you know, even a few hundred bucks to go, hey, okay, I don't mind going out to eat a couple extra times, or whatever. I, I've, I've got this diecast hobby that is just um oh yeah there you go that's a real me. drug yep i'm actually in a uh, a racing league uh that build cars just for uh going down uh that are basically gravity racing so basically you this uh, different tracks around the world that they build them like they're elevated and basically you just kind of like uh like kind of like how soapbox derby is Yep, yep. Uh, but they're a road course, and basically you you modify these hot wheel size cars to compete against cars from around the world. And I just I sent two cars off uh, a couple days ago for a race in California. Uh, that is one of the biggest ones in the world. Wow. That I I have actually a pretty strong feeling about. Uh, I may do pretty good with them. But Damn. again, seeing some of the seeing, seeing some of my competition, it's like it could be. But uh, I, I do have a good feeling about one of my cars that will be racing. So very cool. Well, yeah, man. Like I said, Charles. I mean, dude, it's it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you. I mean, I really appreciate you taking time to tell the stories. And um, if people get a chance, um, give out your Instagram name again. Uh, Instagram. That's basically where I I need to be a little bit proactive on that. Is Charles W Pix and Pix is P I X. It's all one word. Um, then also. Um, I have one for my my 91 Chevy OBS, which is called parts truck. There's a reason why it's called parts truck, but it's parts, like regular car parts, then period, underscore, period, truck. And uh, that's the one that's uh, in the shop now that's uh, getting a bunch of work, more, bunch more work done to it. And uh, uh, when it comes out next spring, it's going to surprise a lot of people. So Very cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man, and, and we can link up again in the future. You know, I want to keep in touch with you, and, you know, on behalf of the Airhead Nation and all the listeners and everybody, um, you know, we just appreciate you taking the time and, you know, kind of going down memory lane. I think I think we accomplished what we said this morning, you know, at the beginning, you know, hey, we're going to go down memory lane. I think we hit 88 miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> we definitely went back to the 80s and 90s, and now we're kind of coming back to 2022. There's yeah. not much time left in the, um, the rest of the year, so we hope that you have – know a good christmas season and all that stuff man oh so the best for you and uh, your family as well but yeah um i've like i said i've got uh more more notes i meant more things i could sh- to share stories uh i'm yep. you you just say the word and uh, i'll make time and uh we can uh, do it again and another thing with your podcast i meant the, the ones you've been doing the ones i've been listening to that's what's been kicking off a lot of these memories, what's making me think about uh, these things from the past or normally I probably just would have forgotten about. Yeah, and well, I appreciate you saying why, that. 
when I, I hear something, that's why I scribble a note down. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this was good at, at this time. Whether it's completely screwing up Donnie Babs order at a Taco Bell drive through an <laughs> Indian at a truck show, just, just knowing that he was laughing hysterically and he couldn't say his order. And his, I just completely butchered his order standing outside his truck. Uh, just stuff like that. Hell yeah. But, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate so, it, man. But yeah, I, I, it seems like I could go on and on because I mean, as many shows that I went to, uh, many people I met, and still friends with today. Yeah, there's always there's always something to talk about. Hell yeah, brother. Well, we'll keep in touch with you, and we appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thank you for the time. Appreciate it, and uh, yeah, it's been a great trip talking about some of the stuff in the past and sharing with everybody that listens. Hell's yeah, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you. 